in three, two, one, and we're live. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? Is this not why you are here? How about new, you crazy Dutch bastard? What we've got here is failure to communicate. 60% of the time, it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. That's cute. I remember when I had my first beer. Why so serious? I am serious. And don't call me sure. What's up, everybody? It's Friday night, and the dads that drink are back in your ear hole. It's Jeff, it's me, and we got some guests tonight. We got Derek, the owner and brainchild of Dirty Jobs Brewery. We have a bartender that we're bringing in from California to show you how to make an old-fashioned and something else special. So let's go ahead and get right into it right now. Mr. Jeffro, it's been a while. How have you been, my friend? I have been excellent. Um, my spirits are lifted. I've had a very active week, uh, manual labor. I've gotten some sun, hashtag awesome tan. Um, I know I'm looking sexy. I know you can't resist me. How are you doing? I am good. It's been a busy week too. Uh, just trying to get all this new software work and it seems like I'm a, I'm a little slow in the feed, but we're going to work it out and, uh, just do what we can, man. Yeah, no, you're what I think what you got going is awesome, man. I, I'm, I'm really pumped about what the show we have tonight as well. Well, I am uh, super stoked about it, and we have some really good guests. We stopped by their brewery today to talk to them and uh, just kind of see what was going on and got to try out some beer while we were there. We picked up some beer while we were there, and I'm pretty impressed. Yeah, I... Uh... We got to try, I did a, it was a, the wheat, um, let me get the list out, but it was the, did I, I think I had, uh, might've had this one when we were there. Um, but we have a, uh, a nice sample size here to try together. We'll get into it as the show goes on, but uh, delicious. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'll probably drink it all up tonight. I, I think we probably will drink it all up tonight. So, in speaking about that, uh, you saw that they've been around for about four years, and um, they've got quite the operation going. Um, not only do they do beer in this time, you can still go pick up beer from them and stuff, but they are now actually ordering groceries in bulk and letting people whatever they need that they can't get at the store, whether that be toilet paper, whether that be fruit, whether that be vegetables, bread, eggs, whatever, they're allowing them to come there and pick it up. Yeah, super cool. Yeah, I think that's uh, uh, community outreach is a big, big deal for them from what I gather. And and we like to connect the dots here. And, and uh, when some people are doing good things, um, making good beer, uh, things like that, it's it's great to uh, to uh, give them recognition they deserve. So I'm glad we got to have uh, Derek on tonight. Yeah. And, you know, and, and just speaking in that, we've talked to 
you know, uh, the distillery. We, we're trying to find things that people are doing good during this time. Everyone's inside of quarantine. Everyone's kind of starting to go a little stir crazy. And we just want to find the people that are trying to do the right thing out there. And I think that we really have found it in this one. Yeah, I agree with you, man. Uh, and, and good quality, good, good quality beer. Um, made right there. Good ingredients. This guy knows what he's doing. And uh, uh, a cool little place to go hang out as well. Yeah. You know, they even let us hang out there, even though we're having, uh, you know, social distancing. They let us sit uh, six feet apart. We got to sit outside and in the sun a little bit and, and enjoy it. And I think it was a perfect end to a week that was kind of busy. You were busy. Uh, you were out of town. You were on the highway. You said it's the first time that you've been on the highway in quite a while. You went and helped yeah. build a fence. Uh, you stayed six feet away while you were building that fence. Yep, supposedly. Uh, my hands, hey, I haven't, had, I haven't had working hands like this in a while. So I have calluses, not used to that. Um, got some great sunshine, but honestly, you know what I think is cool? I mean, here's the deal. This is this COVID thing is, is awful. Um, and my thoughts and prayers are for everyone out there again that are have anyone that, that, that they know or they've been touched by this in a negative way. But to keep it on the positive, I really have gotten to know my neighbors well. They're all outside with their family. Um, and I've gotten, you know, people walking. And it's really a, uh, a little sense of community. So it's funny how we're on this national scale, but your local community is still kind of where you thrive at or where people do. And it's been really neat getting to uh, get to know some people and, and, and talking with them and uh, uh, and just getting to know people again, um, the old fashioned way. Um, so that's been real nice actually. You know, what I've heard is that, that we're actually probably gonna come out of this a lot better society. I heard that today that people are kind of figuring out what's important, what's not important. Yeah. And they're kind of focusing on that. And you said that about a week or so ago that you know, you're, you're playing with the kids in the neighborhood and, and all that kind of stuff. Uh, in bringing that point up, I, I have something that I want to show you, and and I'm sure yeah. the people watching want an explanation. I want an explanation. So you know, let's let's just take a little look at this, okay? And and you okay. tell me what you think after it's over. Can you hear any of that? Not about signature. <laughs> so, uh, seems like you got about three feet of air on that one. Well, here's the deal. I was about to, to rip and roar at it, but that was an 11-year-old's bike, and I was afraid my frame would break his rims. Hence, <laughs> not getting big air. Just didn't want to damage the kid's bike. That's what it is? That's exactly what it was. And I had a couple of fat rolls hanging over. But... <laughs> I worry more and more and more about you every week. No, no. My life's getting better. Um, I, no, I believe me. I'm completely on board with that. Here's what I'm telling you. I worry more and more about you each week because I think your life is getting better, but I think your sanity is slipping away quickly. 
Okay, that's fair. That would be fair no matter what pandemic we were in. Uh, but you know what? <laughs> I can't believe you got that. I totally forgot. You know, it's I've so been fun. holding on to that all week. Yeah. Uh, and I really like what you did with the Napoleon Dynamite. That was that was stellar. That was outstanding. Um, it, the, it, the rant, here's the deal. I had to have these 11, 12-year-olds sign some waivers. Don't know if it's legal. They're not 18. I'm building a Tony Hawk-like experience. The ramp will get bigger and better. It it will grow. So um, you might see me soaring across telephone poles soon. I'm just saying. Can't promise y'all won't do it. Let, let me ask you a real question here. When you got done with that stunt, mm-hmm. were you tired? Did your legs hurt? Oh, no, no. Did your no, body no. hurt? That was, the, that was the first of like 12. When you know That was the worst one, too. Mm-hmm. That was my first go. So you didn't get the you didn't get the real good takes. Uh, the uh, camera person was not um, sharing all the video data they should have. But uh, no, it's it's been cool, man. Uh, uh, it's it's been uh, a lot of fun in a way, uh, but it really hasn't been. I've been going crazy. <laughs> I, I, you know, and, listen, if I couldn't get out and go to work every day being an essential person that I am, I think I would go crazy. No yeah, joke. It's, that's been tough. I'm, I'm, my yard's been fertilized, weed and feed. Uh, I've got my mulch out, uh, mowed, uh, garage is clean. Uh, so I have laundry to look forward to next week. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, all in all, I'm getting a lot done, but you're, you know what, for, for serious, for, for a second, um, uh, you know, as this stuff goes on, we're probably going to know people that, that are affected by this. So I know we're having a good time and want people to forget, but, uh, hopefully there's no, no one out there that are negatively impacted. And, um, uh, I have a lot of positive vibes and, and views like people I'm talking to, and I know you talk to different people too, but, uh, I think we're going to come out this on the other side a lot better off somehow, some way. Um, there's good things coming. I, I I definitely think so. Now, I have seen two, well, I, I guess one that I personally know, a guy that I work with, uh, his wife was infected. Um, and then um, she's done. She's She's back at home, but she still has to be away. So they have to sit on opposite sides of the house and text each other. Like That's if they crazy. need anything or right. anything like that, because they still can't be connected together, which is a strange thing. But I mean, if, if it means that she's okay, I guess that's an okay thing. Then yesterday we heard right. there might be another. So it's, um, you know, it's a crazy, crazy thing going on. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just glad that people are finding something to do. So without further ado, our first guest tonight, his name's Derek, and he owns Dirty Jobs Brewery in Mansfield, Texas. He started his career as a volunteer at a local big brewery in the early 2000s. Years later, and after a time reading about the process, he began as a home brewer, making more creative brews. As his knowledge and taste grew, not only is craft brewing his passion, but the Dirty Jobs Brewery is his brainchild. Let's bring on Derek from Dirty Jobs Brewery. Derek, hey, what's are up, you guys? there? How are you? Hopefully, I mean, am I? Are we? Are any of us really here? I think we. <laughs> I think we are. I mean, we want to get into it. 
So let's start out, you know, kind of ease into this thing. Let's kind of just work through your history in not only volunteering at the beer, but learning about it and then starting to homebrew and kind of what built up to this great brewery that you have now. Oh, thank you. You said great. That's amazing. Well, that, well, I mean, come on. Uh, so uh, basically, uh, just the rundown of the story. Um, back in the early 2000s, I uh, was a volunteer at RAR and Sons uh, Brewing in Fort Worth. The godfathers of Fort Worth. Uh, thank you, Tammy. Appreciate that. Tammy brought me a brew. Very Ooh. nice. Yeah, very nice. Um Yes. Oh, I see the raspberry right there. That's nice. Um, so I, I started with Rar and Sons as a volunteer, uh, just bottling beer. I had a friend that worked there when they first opened and was like, uh, you know, I, I know you like to drink beer. Why don't you come down and bottle some beer? They, they'll they give you a case of beer for your efforts. I was like, well, you know, I want to check it out anyway. So uh, went down there. I was a silver bullet guy at the time. And um, I was like, yeah, I'll give this a shot just to see the process. And I was, I thought it was going to be like, you know, um, Laverne and Shirley, you know, bottling the beer <laughs> and all that stuff. And it basically was. It was slapstick comedy at the time. I mean, lots of beer bottles falling down and, you know, sticker labels not working and all that. Uh, but at the end of the day, they gave me a case of beer. And I was like, oh, yeah, uh, well, I guess I'll take a Coors Light. Y'all got that? And they're like, no, no, no. <laughs> you don't understand. We make the beer. You take home some of that beer. I was like, all right, cool. So they gave me a case of the Ugly Pug, and it blew me off my 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 feet. Like I was I was like, what is this? Like I had had Guinness, I had had you know Sam Adams, and you know, but this was something locally made. You, I mean, and I helped in part of the process, you know, with with it. So and, you know, that means a lot too. Right. And uh, and I never looked back. I was just like craft beer. What is this? Um, from there, uh, I bottled with them. I started helping uh, doing uh, merchandise and you know the tap room sales and stuff like that. And um, a lot of uh, the tours and stuff that they do, I'd set people up for that. And then I started just asking all the brewers questions and like you know the what are we gonna do today, Mike? What are we gonna do today, Mike? You know, following them around. What are we doing today? And, and learning about their ideas behind the science of it. And then um, after a couple of years doing that, I, I eventually uh, stopped going and um, started reading about beer. Uh, started reading, you know, books from like, uh, you know, Sam and, and uh, Doug and, you know, all the good, you know, brewers, the, the grandfathers. And eventually... I bought myself a homebrew kit for Christmas and uh, started doing some homebrews and then uh, tailor into here goes quick. Uh, ended up making some homebrews that started winning awards. Um, my wife actually came up with one of our good ones, the raspberry, which you're actually Jeffro you're, you're sipping on right now. That was her beer. Yep. Uh, the raspberry beret. Raspberry Hefeweizen. That was our first gold medal winner. Our first time we ever entered a competition. That beer won us a gold medal at D. Bellum's Labor of Love. Uh, and we were like, hey, nope. <laughs> you got a problem with that beer, man. There's a big old hole in the top of it. I got another one. Don't worry. Okay. All right. Cool. I, I, I think we might have set you up. I don't know. Yeah. There we are. Let's get that. There it is. Oh, that's a good sound. That's a beautiful sound. 
Especially after mowing the yard. Oh, when you hear that. <laughs> anyway, so long story short, from there, uh, ended up going into uh, um, the idea of and the premise of the other brewers like that we were entering local competitions with or we were going and doing their sampling um, events and stuff like that. We had other brewers telling us like, look, you know, you're making good beer. You might as well join the club and start a business. Uh, I had been going through school at the time. And so fortunately I knew how to write a business plan. I thought, um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing with you. Yeah. Oh, clearly. <laughs> I mean, cheers. Good buddy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we ended up, uh, writing a business plan and, and uh, talking, looking around and without even finding any investors, we were able to open up dirty job in Mansfield with, uh, just basically our life savings and, um, a small business loan. And that was in 2017. We opened up, we've been here for going on three years now. And, and the community is just amazing down here. People find out about us all the time, which still amazes me that they haven't, uh, heard about us before, but they've driven by and they've seen us here but they haven't heard about us. And then they come in and they're like, Oh man, that's crazy. You guys are so, you know, hospitable and you know, everybody's so friendly and we'll guide you through. If you're a Michelob Ultra drinker, that's great. I got bottles of flavored water for you too, if you want it, but we also have the beer that we make here and we walk you through it and we'll teach you about what we know about craft beer. And hopefully it's enough to get you into the craft beer scene. And, and that's where we ended up. So. And Derek, can you can you speak more of? Let me see how where you're at in the Dallas Fort Worth area, and and how you came up with the name Dirty Jaws Brewery. Oh, <laughs> so uh, where, where we're at, like physically, we're in Mansfield downtown, historic downtown Mansfield. It's a beautiful cool. place, it really is, and uh, it's really starting to boom. We've got a lot of stuff going down here, lots of boutiques, restaurants. We just got a new bomb taco place down the street called Main Street Tacos. There's uh, Main Street Tacos and more in the old Chevron station, but Main Street Tacos just opened up right down the block from us, like right on our same block, and they are making legit tacos. So there's a lot of good stuff going down here in historic downtown Mansfield. Um, but the name, okay. So the name, you really went there, didn't you? Okay. I did. You know, he was asking me today and I said, I don't have any idea. All right. So here's how it happened. Uh, when I first started doing the homebrew, I was starting with like, you know, five gallon, 10 gallons at a time. And then eventually my wife and co-owner LaShawn, she was like, you know, she came home and there was like, I don't know. 10 different carboys boiling off in the man cave and you could smell it. You could smell the beer brewing everywhere. And, uh, she was like, yeah, you got to get this out of the house. You know, I'm putting in all these fresh air fresheners and everything, but I want my house to smell not like I'm driving down 35 and passing the Miller Coors plant, you know? (laughs) So, uh, I was like, all right, cool. We'll move it in the backyard. And so then I could buy a bigger system, right? So uh, cut a couple kegs open and made a 15 and a half gallon, um, you know, brew system to make more beer. But I still had to take it inside to chill it. She came home from work one day. Now, sidestep to we've been in this house forever and I just replaced the entire house with laminate floors, right? <laughs> she always wanted pretty laminate floors. I, I redid the entire house, laminate floors seamless run 
from the front of the house all the way to the back. Not one like sidestep there, no uh, transitions, nothing. One seamless wow. run. It was beautiful. It took us about three days to get it done. And then she comes home from work and my dumbass had taken 15 and a half gallons of beer that I had put up onto the kitchen counter. And I turned around and my, that, cause I'm one of those, I'm one of those D bags that wears the uh, carbiners, uh, carabiners with my key, okay. my belt loop. Mm-hmm. It had grabbed one of the thing and I drug it off 15 gallons of beer on the floor. Right. Mm-hmm. She walks into the door with me with a bunch of towels <laughs> and like, like just scooping everything up. I could wringing it out, trying to clean it up. She goes, my floors, my beautiful floors. I was like, and it just popped into my head. I said, hey, it's a dirty job. Someone's got to brew it. Yes. There you go. And she goes, you know what? She goes, I'm going to go change. I'm going to go put on my pajamas and my night clothes. Um, clean all this up. Clean this up. But hang on to that because that's that's pretty clever. I was like, it is. Did I just get away with something? That's a win. That is definitely yeah, a win. You know what, DJ? It, it was a great win until two months later, and uh, went to pull the stove out to do some spring cleaning, and she was like, "Oh, look at all this stickiness on here. You didn't clean it all up. You didn't clean it all up." Okay. Well, win-win situation. We got a good name out of it. Good, you know, mantra, and that's kind of where it went from there. And you lost up fifteen gallons of brew. I wouldn't say well, I lost it. I wouldn't say I lost it, Jeffro. I think I think, I I think it translated it. I think it translated into a. Uh, I'm just bullshitting right now. I, yeah, I lost fifteen gallons of beer. I lost fifteen gallons of beer that day. So let me ask you a question. <clears throat> you had said that you were working at RAR, and you were a. a, a uh, real quick, I want to make it. Clear. You were volunteering. I was volunteering. There, okay, correct. You were volunteering at RAR, I'm and make sure because I, I don't want Fritz to come later right, and right. say like, "Yeah, absolutely, I understand." I didn't pay you nothing. <laughs> you, uh, you were a silver bullet guy at the time. You asked them to give you that; they gave you theirs instead. Uh, you said that it, you know, it changed things for you. So, what about that? Because usually, when people are Coors Light fans or those light beer fans and things like that. Sure. They're not going to go after a craft beer because just like wine, they have to work into it or, you know, anything where they're not going to jump right into whiskey or anything like that. So what was it about that brew that changed it for you? I think it was the it was the community, the feel of people doing things together. Uh, and being part of the actual process that actually turned me on to it. Now, uh, I, I think craft brew is just like you just said about wine. It's just like beer in general. Uh, nobody is born with a bottle in their mouth. Uh, well, I mean, there are probably some hillbillies that are. Um, I might have been one of those. I think it was Kessler whiskey, though. But anyway, <laughs> that, I think I think most people have to uh they always say beer's an acquired taste right well beer's an acquired taste because it's shit beer usually i'm sorry i, didn't, I don't know what our format is here i didn't you mean can, to say you that. no you can say shit you can say whatever you want yeah oh. uh, okay all right let me preface that statement <laughs> 
No, no, I think, I think, uh, I think, uh, craft beer is definitely an acquired taste. And that's why, um, the, the, the thing that got me was that it was very immediate. You know, they, they, they gave me the, uh, and actually it was a half case of ugly pug and a half case of their storm cloud and the storm cloud. Uh, it really set me off. I was like, man, that that one really gets me, but I do, I wasn't a dark beer guy at the time. But the ugly pug really hit me, and I think part of it was it's what I bottled that day. I saw the community, I saw people sitting around and talking and like engaging with people that they wouldn't probably normally engage with, and I think that's a huge thing about craft beers. What it does is it it, it brings different communities together to engage and discuss and talk and befriend. And uh, yeah, it immediately latched on to me. I'm a social butterfly, so I I, I love to um, grow community and merge community. And I think that's what craft beer set me off on immediately that day with that ugly pug and that storm cloud. They they both set me off onto that. And it wasn't flavor. Um, it wasn't uh, you know IBUs. It wasn't the uh, ABVs. It wasn't like oh this is a stronger beer. I'll get drunk quicker. It wasn't like that. There are some of those guys that they like craft beer just for that reason. You can filter those guys out of your, you know, um, out of your list of craft beer enthusiasts right away because people that enjoy craft beer understand it's about community. It's not just about getting drunk or quicker or whatever. It's about sampling different flavors, different processes, different loves of the craft and uh and then spreading that out to a community you know i mean uh we have different artists up on our wall from around mansfield randon um you know uh, midlothian that sell their art here and i'm not i don't love every piece of art that's hanging up here but i you know we say hang your art up because somebody's going to love it and it's going to get people talking and that's what it is that's really what it is i i'm not even i just now noticed that people are starting to say stuff yeah, and yeah, they've been talking the whole time. No, that, that a lot of people are talking about your uh, your trivia nights. That's the big one that people are talking oh, about that are from the area. Yeah, okay, so trivia nights are fun. Uh, and hang in there, guys. We're going to do something real soon. If uh, if this isn't lifted soon, we're going to be doing some virtual trivia nights um, and, and try to get, you know, y'all can log in. We'll still do prizes. You're probably going to cheat. You're going to cheat. Because we're not see you, but, well, uh, let me stop you right there because you guys are super serious about people cheating at trivia night in the actual we brewery. I mean, yeah, we, we want people to be honest. That's Absol- all. You know, absolutely. No, no Google, on. right? No Googling. Uh, no cell phones. Don't cheat. Don't look at your neighbors. And, you know, we will say some of the hosts will say, like, you'll get a finger wagging. Or will some of the hosts will say we have your credit card, so or they have your credit card, so you'll buy around for the whole house. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's pretty serious, man. People take trivia very seriously. Absolutely. Yeah. What are you drinking tonight, Laura? Now I think she is actually watching from the United Kingdom. She's in the UK, yeah. yeah. Oh, UK. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I met Laura and and her her husband Chris in boston last year at cheers bar and really uh, we hit it off uh we had a night to remember i might have saying born in the usa with the guy i'm just saying it was a lot of fun whoa yeah so if you're if you're karaoke drinking that is definitely a fun night it it was a fun night 
for you and not for the people listening, right? No, I feel terrible for all those people. All four of them. Rhubarb, gin, and ginger ale. A light night tonight. Okay, cool. So here's the thing. Here's what I want to kind of point out and um, to to kind of focus on in the craft brewery. So Jeff and I just got back from St. Louis. Um, and while we were there, we went St. Louis. Uh, just a question. I, I, what do you want it to be? You're the guest. No, no, no. But you're the host. Okay. We'll call it St. Louis. All right. St. Louis. We'll, All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, we go to the Budweiser brewery while we're there. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. We take a tour. We see everything that's going on and they're telling us in part of the tour that, uh, they bottle like 1,200 bottles a minute, uh, over a million bottles a day just at that plant. <laughs> now, w- what what I want to kind of point out about craft beer, though, is how you said that it's, you know, it's kind of a passion that people are really. We saw hardly anybody yeah. on the bottling floor. Uh, what do you think, Jeff? We saw. Oh, so automated. There, there maybe, was maybe maybe 15 yeah. people. You yeah. know what? That, but but. That's big business, which right. is very smart, honestly. And I will tell you this much: I will not, I will not talk ill of your light beers, your Coors Light, Miller Light, Bud Light. But I won't talk ill of them because you know what they've done? They've perfected their process. So you can get a Miller Light here in mansfield texas or you can get a a miller light in japan and it will taste exactly the same they have their process down they know exactly they've they've spent years and decades doing it so i can't shame them they have master brewers that do that and man that's that's amazing it really is amazing it really is amazing if i get to that point where i will say this though if i get to that point where every single beer i make uh, of the same, you know, type of beer is that precise. I got to figure out what I'm doing right and what I where yeah. I'm because the part of the love I think you have in craft brewing is that you have a little bit of there's like you can tell from batch to batch there's a little bit of subtle differences sometimes. You can tell, you know, I used clover honey this time instead of almond honey, you know, oh. or yeah. you know, I use Mansfield pecans usually in our short stack, but you know. I couldn't get pecans one time, so I went to Rendon and got Rendon pecans, you know. There, there might be a subtle difference. Uh, you know, most people wouldn't notice it, but, you know, you have uh, you have people that have delicate palates that can notice it, and they will tell you there's something different. That's the amazing – I think that's the genius behind craft beer. It's the same thing with craft kitchens and stuff. But I will never downgrade any uh, major brewer because – they automated their system or whatever. Okay. You know, that's great. If I could do it, I mean, like if I was producing the amount that they are, I would have to, because I couldn't afford to do hell. I've never tasted two pills at the same. I love that. Thank you, Mark. Appreciate that. And I'll tell you, Mark, the reason why is because we get different vanilla beans. So he's talking about the kill of vanilla, kill of vanilla. We make our own, um, extracts in-house so we get um madagascan or mexican vanilla beans and we uh basically slice them up shred them up 
put them in mason jars with a, a bourbon or a whiskey or sometimes a scotch and we make our own extracts and Ooh. so yeah the flavor will change subtly from batch to batch depending on what we're using but it's always basically the same beer so I guess my second point of what I was saying was, you know, we we hardly see any human interaction with the making of that beer. On right. on the end of that spectrum, on the other end of that spectrum, though, what Jeff and I noticed was they're definitely trying to get into the craft brewing uh, just to make people think they have the idea of craft brewing. They're right. trying to make those little the smaller kind of knockoff brands and they and 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 jeff will agree they promoted them a lot while we were on the tour those little tiny things trying to kind of get into those niche markets and i think that's great about craft beer because i think it puts you guys at the forefront because you're not chasing after them they end up chasing after you oh absolutely and that's why they're buying so many breweries out you know i mean they're your big companies, Miller Coors, Anheuser-Busch, they're buying out craft breweries that are doing well, you know? And uh, it, it, this, again, goes into, uh, are you really a craft brewer if you sell out? Look, I'm not here to not make money, okay? I didn't start, right. I mean, I, I started brewing because I love the idea of brewing. I love the idea of creation and experimentation and artistry in the beer and the science behind it as well. It, that's what craft brewing is. It's a beautiful mix of artistry and science. However, I still am a businessman. I'm still a human being. I do want the best for my family. So if somebody comes through tomorrow and says, we're going to give you millions and millions of dollars to mass produce your beer, but we're going to make sure we do it, you know, so that it stays the same. Right. I'd be okay with that. I mean, I, it would hurt. It would sting, but I'd be okay with it because I want people to, I, I feel like we've done a good job and I want people to enjoy it, you know, uh, more worldly than what we are now. I do like the idea that people have to come here and enjoy my community more, you know, that's the big, that's the biggest thing is like, I really love the fact that you can't right now get our stuff in Amarillo. People from Amarillo come here to try it out. And while they're here, they shop in a local boutique, eat a local restaurant, you know what I mean? Stay at a hotel. They they so, so they there, help do out. You do distribute y'all distribute beer like do y'all other than going there. Do y'all have beer in bars and in, in oh, locally? Barmaids, can you please? Thank you. <laughs> Get an ounce of liquor in them, and man, woo! <laughs> <laughs> no, I was uh, saying, uh, do y'all uh, do y'all distribute beer? Like, do y'all have beer in bars on tap? Or is it just at your place and people come to buy it? Or how do y'all do that? So about a year ago, we changed our license uh, with TABC from brewery to brew pub um, so that we, you know, include the kitchen uh, where we have the food and everything. Um, and then that also gave us the ability to do the package to go. So now breweries like uh, all your, you know, big breweries that are just breweries don't do food and all that. They can actually uh, do package to go as well. But we changed the brew pub at the time so that we could do package to go and include the food. Um, at that point, we were distributing to local restaurants like uh, Fish City Grill, Big D Barbecue. Mm -hmm. Much love, Big D Barbecue. They're amazing. Um, and, and lots of other, no frills, you know, lots of these uh, bars and restaurants. Yeah. Um, we haven't distributed since then, but after this uh, COVID 
issue is over with. Oh, there it is. That's a no big deal. Yeah, no big deal. Or no, that's the big deal. You got the big deal. That's it. That's the pickle wheat beer. I already drank mine before we came on. Sorry. Oh, okay. Okay. Solid. So, uh, now we will be distributing again um, to bars and restaurants, et cetera. Right now, we're just doing uh, to-go from here, which uh, according to TABC law, we can do everything from cans, growlers, howlers, um, and kegs. We can actually sell kegs out here to individuals. Cool. Yeah, we just can't sell you the tap for it. Right. So, you know, in speaking about that and all the different beers that you have, let's let's kind of go down your line, give your favorites. I don't want to say your least favorites, but your your favorites that you do, um, which ones are kind of really important to you, you know, where it's a where it's a I guess a passion project. The whole thing is a passion project, but ones that you really yes, ones that you really kind of associate with. So, you guys have a ton of beer, too. We do. We uh, we have 20 taps. We normally keep filled up. We've you know, we've been running. the So we started with a new brew system not too long ago. And uh, when we started with that, we were trying to catch up on the taps now. But anyway, we have 20 taps in the house. Um, so you can always have different varieties of beer and they switch around so frequently. But we do have some standards. Um, our number one seller is the short stack. It's our uh, maple pecan porter. Uh, we have our number two sellers, the Agave de Vita. That's our blueberry agave wheat. And then a lot of our people come in and, and mix those half and half and call it blueberry pancakes. Uh, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. People, they started a whole group on Facebook. Um, Brian Certain, um, who uh, runs an a, a Allstate uh, insurance uh, agency around here, he started a whole Facebook group based on mixing our beers together. And they would just come in oh. and go, give me a blueberry pancake. And we'd be like, what the hell is that we don't know that it well you take half of this half of that you know like, oh, okay cool okay. but anyway um the short stack the agave our omg blonde it's our uh honey blonde ale um the big thing that we started partnerships somebody's having a good time that's awesome that's uh, good good times are good you go ahead good times are good so uh our pickle beers have been the big thing for four years now uh this is the fourth year we offered pickle beers down here for the pickle parade uh we had a partnership with uh, best made um and then but we can't claim that anymore um another brewery kind of sidestepped and took that over so we we can't claim the partnership anymore but we've been making the original texas pickle beer for four years here in mansfield and we've got three different ones that we do those are super popular you guys you know, like have a cucumber, the, then you have a deal, and you have a tomic, right? So we have we have well, we always have uh, two cucumber beers, and they're just straight okay. cucumber beers. So it's a cucumber wheat and a cucumber IPA, but we pickle those, make them pickle beers. We have a pickle IPA, a pickle wheat, and then we have our spicy pickle, right? Okay, cool. Pickle bomb, yeah. And I think you guys got the pickle wheat tonight. Yeah. We also yeah. had a spicy pickle before we left. Oh, well, okay. Yeah, the pickle bomb, dude. We. That that stuff's going quick. So Derek, what was the first beer you made? What, what what was your first craft beer? First beer ever made was a red ale, and it was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> it was a five gallon batch on my stove in my house, and we let it sit for a while, and it was absolutely terrible. Um, I was going to dump it out, but my nephew uh, came by and he was like, "Let me try it." I was like. 
all right, try it. He goes, hey, I'll drink that. I was like, <laughs> of course, it's free, right? What's, right. The beer? What's the best beer? Free beer. Free beer. Right? And free cold. beer. <laughs> and cold. Cold free beer. Free cold beer. Uh, but, uh, yeah, that was the first one we made. And uh, it was it was absolutely terrible. But the good thing is, so LaShawn, um, again, my wife, other, you know, co-owner, she uh, she works in nutraceuticals and all, she does documentation and quality assurance. She told me that first beer, she was like, you need to do a batch record. I was like, why? She's like, trust me, you're just going to. I was like, OK, cool. So I, I notated everything. Ambient temperature of the air uh yeah water you know content and water temperature ph all this other stuff and so from a just a normal home brewer kit i could figure out why it was terrible i figured out and so the next time i made it it came out better (laughs) it took a few times it probably took you however many times to get hey you know what I might be on to something here, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing. You know, they say practice makes perfect or whatever. Or I don't think there's a perfection in craft beer. That's my that's my whole thing. Like, people come in all the time and they say, like, uh, are you the brewmaster? I, I don't ever claim that. I, don't, I, I would hope that nobody would because, again, like I said earlier, brewing is a science and an artistry, and I don't think you can master either. You can't master science. You can't master art. Because you're always finding new things. You're always creating new things. People are coming up with new things. How can you call yourself a brewmaster and then another brewery that just popped up comes up with a beer that sells 100 times more than yours does that you've been making for 10 years? You know what I mean? It just doesn't make sense. It's that there's no brewmaster, brewmeister, whatever in my book. So do I brew? Yes, I brew. Yeah. But, yeah, we always come up with new stuff. So let's talk a little bit about <clears throat> what we started into the different the different flavors. Um, yeah. I, I guess you would call them flavors of beer. Um, let's kind of start with your top, uh, and then when we get to the bottom, let's talk about the one that you haven't even told the public about yet. So you want to talk tops and bottoms? Tops Am and I bottoms. T to B. T to B. So uh, we're talking about tops and bottoms in Mansfield. Um, that's a bear of a conversation. So uh, I would say our top is, is, like I said, the short stack maple pecan porter. Um, we have our blueberry gave wheat, raspberry beret. That's our raspberry hefeweizen. We have a honey blonde. Um, you scale it down. I mean, we have 50 different beers that we do, so it's it's kind of hard to, to go through the whole list without burning people's ears up. Um, I would say if, if anybody's ever curious, um, you know, if there's a link, that ever pops up or whatever you can always email us or just contact us on the website dirtyjobbrewing.com i'm happy to tell you about every beer we've done but for time's sake right now i'll, I'll tell you i think uh, the newest one that we've released and this is like super secret we haven't even we, ha- we haven't publicized it on our social media just yet you got some right there don't you so uh about a year ago I brewed a pineapple coconut hefeweizen and then we put it in a Jamaican rum barrel, a fresh Jamaican rum barrel that still had a couple gallons in it and uh, let it age for 10 months and it's called the private island and it's 8% 
it's like an oaky uh it has like an oaky essence to a pina colada and it's stupid smooth and it'll very knock you in the dirt yeah very smooth and it has a you know uh craft beers you know you can tend to have that hoppy that aftertaste right yeah it's flavor this was very smooth finish and it had a not sweet and not bitter. It's right perfect in between. I was really, I was like, man, that's pretty damn good. Yeah, Mark, so we did a sample Mark, and we had to buy some each. Mark, Mark's like, oh, hell no. Well, no, hell yes, Mark. Yeah, yeah you got to come on down. <laughs> so so what we're going to be doing is we're going to be, we're, we have uh, one keg of it on tap, and then we have uh, two other kegs that we're going to be canning up only. So, uh get it while you can in the house uh taste it uh sample it get you a growler like my boy here has he's oh yeah go ahead and pour it out let, let the folks see what this looks like that's some good stuff right it there. is Ooh, it's super heady Ooh. you know oh, why? Man, you can, oh yeah you can really smell that that's the rum man mm. the rum really kicks through the barrel Ooh. So, Derek, let's talk about what you're doing for the community right now. I mean, hopefully I'm, I'm letting them get through this process a little bit easier with a little bit of beer. And well, I, I think even further than that, let's talk about what you're doing about the groceries in the area. Oh, yeah, certainly. Absolutely. A lot of people are not able to find toilet paper. A lot of people are. I mean, if you go to the stores, it it looks like the apocalypse in some of these stores. Uh, it's ridiculous yeah so you have set up a way where people can get the groceries that they need that they might not be able to find all through your brewery so let's go through that because i think that is one of the best things i've ever heard that that a restaurant has done in hard times absolutely uh give me one second i'll be right back i gotta make this right i got i gotta I got do this right when i talk okay. about when we talk about like this walking dead apocalyptic uh grocery store I'll be, hold on give me one second all right oh i like this it's it's suspense Fun -na -na -na. <laughs> dirty job gear oh, he's got a lot of gear back there yeah i like that a lot of stuff you can get there man it, it, it's really cool yeah. stuff too all right oh you got <laughs> lucille <laughs> he's got lucille his walking dead so yeah. Here's how we get our toilet paper. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, no, I just had to do it. That's uh, awesome. So what we're doing is uh, for for people that can't get out now. So normally every week, uh, my son and I we both deliver for Meals on Wheels uh, at a place in Fort Worth, um, and we started seeing like with all this going down, we started seeing the need for people that can't get out or don't feel safe getting out because stores are starting to stock back up. There are play if you want to drive around, you can do it. But there's a lot of people that don't feel comfortable getting out for medical reasons, can't get out or just they, they, they just they just can't find it. Uh, so being that we have the ability through our distributors and our vendors to get, um, you know, supplies, groceries, we started ordering stuff and other people are doing it. We're not, we're not geniuses here. We, I mean, other people are doing it, but we wanted to offer it to the people that may not know about those places doing it as well. 
we started ordering groceries every week and um we get people you know eggs you know poultry beef toilet paper baby wipes uh vegetables fruits you know uh, blah 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 yeast um and in fact we ran out of yeast last week with our grocery order and one one young lady had contacted us and said look i you know um i need yeast um is it too late to order and i was like it is too late to order but what i'm going to do is give you some of our brewer's yeast and i gave her some of our liquid yeast and she used that to make bread and she was like it actually came out amazing um she was like it's it's like i haven't made bread like this ever i'm like good i'm glad your family enjoyed uh she said grandma got drunk no i'm just kidding that didn't happen (laughs) but no no uh but we're we're just trying to give back we're we're trying to support our community while they're supporting us because you know times are hard right now our business is not what it, it it usually is but uh community has been great coming in so we wanted to give back and so doing this grocery run every week for people and supplying them with their needs their necessities so that they don't have to get out and danger themselves um and they can you know uh social distance and whatever the other terms are that people are using to to keep safe um if they can do that and we can come and bring them groceries that they need supplies that they need and we're doing it at cost we're not making one penny off of it it's just oh, cool. the absolute cost of it and we're doing it just because we know that our community when this blows over and it will blow over eventually um we know that those people are going to remember that that we did that and that we're here for them and we, we, we've always, I mean, since day one that we've been in this community, that we've done that. We've we've supported basketball teams and cheerleaders and, um, you know, homeless shelters. And, yeah, that's what we do. That's what we've always been about. Um, that's why uh, none of us, we, there's three owners. None of us have ever taken a paycheck from here. Uh, we all work full-time jobs. And um, the, the brewery just kind of supports itself. And we always give back to the community. That's what we do. So I'm not going to attest to that. So when DJ and I were there today, you know, we, we talked to you briefly about the show tonight and you gave us, you were gracious enough to give us some samples. And, and you were so busy putting these packages and these things together. Um, you, were, you were doing it yourself. Yeah. So, uh, hey, Jeff, your, yeah. your mic's cutting out again. Oh, my bad. I think you just had too much private island. Oh, not yet. Watch this. He unplugs and it'll sound completely different. Go ahead. You there? Nope, can't hear you. Can't hear you. Hold on. Unmute your mic. Thank you, Retta. uh, I hope it's Retta. I hope I said that right. uh, It's Rita. Rita. Man, that is a beautiful way to spell Rita. It really is. Is that better? Oh. Yeah. Like okay. We can hear you. Yeah. Hear you now. It's probably good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're good, buddy. Thank so you, let me ask you a question. It's a loaded question. What makes a good craft beer? Me. There. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Boom. No free. Kobe. <laughs> Uh, sorry, too soon. <laughs> COVID. No, no, you're good. <laughs> no, I mean, I definitely just hit that three. You I think so? Just, 
I definitely just gave you, you that dirt fadeaway knee you, up. You being a, yeah, a basketball player. You yeah. Really important question. Yes, sir. I like your goatee game. How did you get a – I like the goatee to stash thing. Oh, yeah. my you wife – You look like a craft beer maker. My wife hates it. She hates <laughs> it. She absolutely hates it. Uh, yeah, no, man. This this takes me forever, man. I'm Czechoslovakian, and we don't – I'm Czech and, yeah, Czech and German, but, yeah, mostly Czech, and we don't grow facial hair. This takes me, like, years – like this took me this is like i think i shaved it eight months ago and i've been growing it you gotta get the twisties twisties. i gotta get kelly to do that with his no no can't do it (laughs) oof i gotta keep the full beard you're jeff you're missing a close-up oh man very well manscaped very well Thank you, sir. <laughs> it's great clips off of Little great. Road. Someone asked, why aren't we drinking? I think all of us are drinking. I've been drinking the whole time. Yeah, I think so. Uh, can we have a virtual cheers? Absolutely. Uh, we'll let, let you. More of this private oh, island. Where we, at? where we at? That was a bad pour. All right. Virtual cheers. Uh, DJ, we're. All right. Virtual cheers. Cheers. Tank. Tank. There we go. Man, you got some super heady private island, didn't you? Well, I poured it really Yeah, he, he pretty much just dumped it That's out of the bottle. There, why why would you not have a private island if you weren't going to get some super head? That's that's, that's right. That's I love genuine, super head. That's a genuine point. And I like the head on this beer, too. <laughs> oh, God, I'm in trouble. We don't even know. <laughs> Oh, so Rita says it's like eight days of growth for you. Well, let me give you a secret. Rita is my wife, so. Oh. Yeah. So you have to give, uh, you know, that's where all of our subscribers come from anyway. You know, just close friends and family. Good on you, Rita. Good on you. (laughs) (laughs) So um, anything else that you want to kind of bring up? Anything that you want to talk about right now? I sincerely, honestly, this is this. This has been fun. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what y'all are doing for uh, community. I appreciate y'all bringing in businesses, talking about things, letting people know that people don't know about things that they don't know. All right. Um, no, it's, it's sincerely fun. Hey, on. Uh, I don't know. Some guy's pointing to me, telling me to open up my door. I'm not going to do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, here it goes. You have a party going on over there, Derek, hey, by the way? Absolutely. You know who I am? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I finally got it. Good. Keep rolling. No, it's fine. I, I'm on a live stream right now. No, you're good. You're good. You're good. Go go tell LaShawn. You're supposed to. Did you get your beer? Yeah. Okay, good, 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 good. Hey, Derek, is Cowboy at home or what? Cowboy? Yes, he is at home. So the original Brewdog, yes, he is. Uh okay. Yeah, he is at home being a good boy. I know we we have we have some locals. So we just had one of our favorites come in, and uh, he he just was thanking me because his son came in not too long ago, and I sent him home with an extra like crowler and said, "Take that to your dad." I hadn't seen him in a while. Hope he's okay. So he was just awesome. coming by to thank us. So he didn't realize we we're on a live stream. But that's fine. No, maybe even better. 
that's again that goes back to that community love that's what we do yeah that's what we love Uh, and 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 here's the thing anything you want to promote right now we put up your uh we put up your website that they can go to um anything that you just want to say just if you don't know we do have a full kitchen we are open uh seven days a week i'm super excited about that because you used to just have food trucks out front and you had to go get i'm super excited that you put a kitchen in yeah so our our kitchen uh we've limited our menu during this whole thing to basically pretzels brats uh and our pizzas our pizzas are amazing though but we have lots of specials just go to dirtyjobbrewing.com rita you want to put that up there again please yeah i can uh i can bring it back up go ahead yeah yeah, if you just go to dirtyjobbrewing.com, you'll see our uh, menu. You'll see our beer menu, and you're you can definitely come. And uh, we we do uh, we have a family pack right now. We're doing it's a family special. It's forty five bucks. You get a ten inch soft pretzel with uh, spicy brown mustard. You get three pizza kits, which are like you choose what kind of pizza you want, and we make a kit for you to take home with instructions. Oh, nice. So you, and they're interactive instructions. So like you and your kids and everything can like do elbow bumps or do a little dance and or you gotta laugh or you gotta you know sing this kind of song. It's interactive, so it's fun. It's interactive, and then you also get uh, order of cinnamon sticks and you get either a bottle of wine or a growler of beer to go. Nice. So wow, that's, that's and it's it's simple man like i'm not making money off of it i just wanted people to be happy during this time and still remember that there is good things in beer and food absolutely you know what i mean and you have a cool website i like how it's very personable you have you it pops up like your story and uh your wife which is the queen she's the one that you know i think it says queen on there uh tap room so it's a cool very personable website and dj and i were talking about this when before we started is um there's always good that comes out of a crisis or, or situations like this. Absolutely. And I was just saying, social distancing, whatever, but I've gotten to know some of my neighbors in my little subdivision so much better. And, and I feel like I've, you know, I've made some personal changes for some things. And it's it's been, um, I, I've used this time in a very cool, very, um, very healthy way. And I think other people... You know, they're forced to their local community or where they're at. And I think that's going to cause people to get closer and get to know each other because it's all about local and, you know, national and all this FaceTime and text messages, talking to the people that you live close to, getting along with them and doing some good together. That's what it's all about. You'll see. And you'll see a lot of times we post like if you if you go through our history of posts, we normally we're typically promoting local events, local things, local people, local charities, um, you know, local needs. And we always use hashtag dirty job brewing, of course, but we always do hashtag make it historic, hashtag keep it local, hashtag Mansfield proud. And yeah, that's great. And you know, Jebra, I'll tell you, man, I really appreciate the fact I can tell, I can see that you've been doing your bit with, you know, taking care of local community. I saw a lot of people throwing out a lot of garbage 
like you know a bunch of Baylor uh, stuff, and you apparently picked it up, and you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Let me man. let I'm me a, let me fill I'm you a, in real quick, Derek. Before you dig a hole, hold on. Repurpose. Hold on. Let me let me fill you in before you dig a hole. Jeff so, Rowe, my co-host, was the uh, quarterback for Baylor when he was in college there. So, Jeff Rowe, do you remember uh, my last name is Hubenek, right? Yep. You remember Jacob Hubenek, Texas A&M? Is that what? where you went? I, no, no. I grew up in College Station. That's where I went to high so, school. So, half my family is Aggie. Half my family is Tiger. Half my family is this. Half my family is that, Right. By the but, way, do you have any family in the city of but, West? But most recently was uh, Jacob, who was one of the start uh, backup quarterbacks. He was a backup quarterback, and whatever. He got, actually, he got to play a lot because they had some quarterbacks that left. He did. And he got to step in, and, and he was a very – he was a good quarterback, and uh, I, I liked watching him play. Yeah, really was. Do you have any family in the city saying. of West? Just saying. And he had no rape allegations. Just say it. Oh, no, no, I'm just saying. <laughs> oh man, that sucks. Uh, I'm sorry, bro. Do you have any family in the city of West, by the way? We don't have any family in West currently, but we have. Yeah. Okay. I used are, to hang out there a lot. Most of us are Houston um, and North Texas, South Texas, Conroe. And then the other half is all like Baton Rouge, Gonzalez, Lafayette, Louisiana. So yeah. I'm cool ass too. So that's why yeah. Tiger and Aggie, man. Well, when you told us your last name, this today, past I was season, like, that, that is Chet. Yeah, he's oh, Chet. Dude, everybody was lighting each other up for that. Anyway, we're not going to a sports talk, are we? Oh, are we? if we did that, we'd be here all night. Yeah, do that. Let's do that next Friday. <laughs> hey. We're on board for it. If you want to, you know, you are welcome here. You you are welcome on here anytime you want to come on. I appreciate you guys sincerely. Here's my cheers out to you guys. We we appreciate you. So for the last thing, put out everywhere that someone can find you. We already put up the website. Can they find you on Facebook? Uh, anywhere else? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, TikTok. TikTok. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think we might be doing that soon, though. I don't know. Um, basically, all the social media. Just look for Dirty Job Brewing. And, um, yeah, man. And look for us in any local community event. And if you have something that you need, uh, if you run a local community event uh, or um, a community faction, let us know. We're happy to help out anytime. So that's it. And dirtyjobbrewing.com, you can contact us anytime or you can just come by the tap room. We're here. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, let's give it up for uh, yeah, Dirty Job Derek. Thank Derek, you. like we said, all you got to do is get a hold of me. You have my phone number. Get a hold. Do you want to come back on? Let us know. We'll bring you on next week, the week after that, whenever you want. And you can let us know everything that's kind of going on with the brewery. With that, cheers. Cheers. Cheers, man. God bless. Take care. All right. Take care. All right, so uh, Jeffro, I'm having a lot of technical difficulties on this end on my part of the stream. It's not you, it's me. Um, yeah, you were blurry a little bit earlier. Yeah, right? I'm getting real blurry. So what we're gonna do is take a break. Uh, we're gonna come in with our other software. It's not as fancy as this, but it it does a great picture and a great sound. So um, we're gonna take a break real quick, Jeffro. If you got to go to the bathroom. 
go okay. ahead to the bathroom. I'm going to get all this set up. We're going to bring in, um, we're going to bring in uh, Mikey to do some drinks. So Mikey, stand by. Uh, I'm going to set everything up. I'll send you guys the links and we'll get going from there. All right. All right. Sounds okay. Good. All right. We are now joined by a famous bartender in the California area. He goes by Mikey Jerome, and he's going to give you a little bit of history about himself. So, Mikey, welcome into the show. Let hey, us know up, everything about you. All right. So um, it was great hearing about your hometown of Texas and how close you guys are. That's pretty awesome. Where I come from, I'm living in the, uh, 15 minutes from LAX airport in this little beach town called uh, Hermosa Beach. So that's where I've worked for the last 14 years as a bartender down there. But I got to tell you right now, before the show even started, I got Missy down in the man cave. And <laughs> so, I, so I, I went to make her a drink, you know, she's drinking like vodka sodas and, you know, grapefruit or whatever. And then I was like, so I went down to the man cave and I put pillows on each side. I put a blanket out. I put a little footrest, you know, because you got to make a, you know, happy woman, happy life, you know. That's right. But then, um, but then I was like, yo, babe. I might be up here for like two hours. You got to get yourself a fucking second and third one. <laughs> <laughs> so, then, so then we basically we stacked her up with like all the ice that she needs. So she's all ready for it right now. So it's pretty cool. So Mikey, tonight you're going to do two great drinks. They're probably my two favorites. You're going to do a Moscow Mule and you're going to do an Old Fashioned. Hell yeah. Any reason you picked those for tonight? Well... You know, like, obviously, when I came out to California, I wanted to be, you know, an actor, and, and I did it for 12 years or something, but there, there came a point when I was, like, I was making really great money as a bartender, and I was, like, I'm not enjoying life, because all I'm doing is just acting and, and bartending, and, and to tell you the truth, I enjoyed bartending more than I loved acting, so, you know, like, certain, th I never thought that I would be a career bartender, um, but just some things in life, you know, you just, you never thought you'd be good at, but, but you are. So I think that uh, when it came to um, the drinks that I'm going to make tonight, um, one of them is um, every time that you come see me, I'm always going to make my drink the same way. I was listening to you guys earlier about, you know, making beer and trying to be consistent with it. And God, that sounds like super crazy how like, you know, particularly they got to make everything. So like but with when I'm making a cocktail here, it's so it's easily confined. There's not like, you know, yeast bumping off and all the fermentation and all that. So I can make my drinks the same every time. So like we, you know, through the years I've like made recipes where people freak, you know, they like them. So the, um, the first drink I'm, I'm going to make, um, I'm going to make uh, an old fashioned. Okay. And uh, I'll my tell you exactly how I mixed drink of all time. Yeah. So I'll give you the exact like recipe and stuff like, and uh, I always like to tell a story because then, uh, um, you know, when you hang out with your boys, you know, you're saying the same shit. You're probably repeating yourself like 12 or seven times, you know? But um, one of the things was, uh, and I wanted to say, uh, Derek, Google is sometimes cool when your girl is arguing with you and the one time that you write, you can Google her on it. <laughs> you could be like, yo, baby, I fucking got you on that. Just not during trivia, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I got to ask you a special favor, too. You got to make this drink in the voice of Christopher Walken. 
Okay. I, I could, um, <laughs> all right. Right, yeah, right now I'm drinking, uh, I got to tell you guys this. I'm drinking, um, oh, you know, I'm drinking, I'm drinking my friends. I'm drinking Carl Strauss. My father <laughs> gave me this bottle. He shoved this uncomfortable piece of glass up his ass. Four years. Yeah. So anyway, that was, that was my impersonation right there. That was good. Yeah, I've been working on that for like 14 years, so it's not that bad. <laughs> oh, but this, uh, this Tower 10 right here is uh, out of San Diego. It's an IPA. Carl Strauss, it's a local brewery. Oh man, San big. Diego was popping with microbreweries, man. Yeah. Pop. It, the beer scene out there is freaking wicked good. And then I had, I had this one earlier, the Boat Shoes. That's like a, a juicier IPA. I really like the uh, juicy IPAs because, you know, hoppy, this one's great, but like, I let, you know, like a refreshing drink, you know, you have a nice, you know, Boat Shoes, hazy IPA. It was freaking good. Yeah. All right, so I got I got some stories to tell you. So okay, the the so this drink right here we're gonna have with I'm gonna make it with some Willet bourbon. This mm -hmm. is really really good bourbon. If you ever drink it, you could drink it neat, which means you don't put any ice in it. You just um, you know you pour one or two shots in it, and then you, that's called neat. You know when you order for anybody that doesn't know. If you want on the rocks, you know I have a. Uh, a square cube, which we're going to use, but some people like to use rye when they make an old fashioned. And, um, but way back in the day, like this drink was originated in like 1806 and it wasn't made with bourbon at the time, but it was made with uh, bitters, syrup, uh, um, sugar and water. So that was like the ori originator in 1806. And then they kind of messed around with these spirits that they use with it. So then in uh, 1860, there was a big, like, uh, blue curacao phase. And it was a lot of, like, um, absinthe. So, so for a while, it was absinthe, blue curacao, and all the other ingredients in the um, old-fashioned. But then in 18, I think it was 1880, in Louisville, Kentucky, there was a gentleman's club that claims that, that they, you know, purified this recipe and they made it with bourbon and uh, I think it was 1881 and to this day Louisville Kentucky claims that it was invented there and they have like a day June 14th where they have an old-fashioned day so um, I'm gonna make this drink right now for you guys and I'll, I'm gonna try to make it so that you can make it for yourself when you go home you can play sure. this back and it's gonna taste good I'm telling you this so the first thing I'm gonna do Well, it doesn't matter because I'm serving it myself, right? So it doesn't matter about. Oh, you got the well, good we're, ice we're cream. Gonna take, we're gonna take one yes. of those fancy tubes like that. Throw that in like that. Now, when you, you're making the old-fashioned, the orange flavor, you want to cut the orange right on the side, like like that. All right, so so it's fresh and juicy. And then you're gonna take you're gonna take the sides and go like that, boom, 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 and then you throw that on top right there. Ciao. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, you got, you got, you so you're wanting to get those now, oils out of that rind, right? Yeah, so the rind of the orange honestly makes the, makes the drink, you know, besides all these other good ingredients. Okay, so now me and Missy made our own sugar water from scratch. 
Okay, we, we basically took brown sugar, equal parts of water, we boiled it, and then brown sugar, in my opinion, is way more, it tastes way more better than, than white sugar. So you're gonna use a half an ounce of this right here, which would be like half a shot, boom, throw it in there. Okay, now with my recipe, four dashes of bitters. One, two, three, four. Boom, you're done with that. Forget about it. All right, <laughs> and here we go. So now we got the Willet foam. And you know what, Mikey J always does two shots. Hey, what, do you know where Willet's made by chance or, or where it comes from? It's from Kentucky. Kentucky, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's kind of bush. It's like, you know, you could probably, it's like 60, 50, 60, 70 dollars a bottle. I think it's like, 50. Okay. But um, it, it just has like one of those really sweet, smooth tastes. So it's definitely a sweeter bourbon, but boom. All right. So then we're going to take one of these uh, California straws that everybody loves, you know, <laughs> that you can, the metal straws, like you can kill somebody with it, you know, you can <laughs> stab them. Yeah. All right. And, you, and like whenever I make an old fashioned, I always, um, I don't shake it. I kind of go like this, and then go like this. We dump it in. Boom. Mm. Damn, that looks good. Yeah, and the cool thing is, like, if you follow my recipe, like, just four dashes, a half ounce of simple syrup. You can also use two packets of sugar if you don't have that at home. So you can go two packets of sugar. You know, make sure you just stir it around in the thing. Two shots of you could use makers, you could use crown, you, you could use whatever you want, but you know, whatever you have during the quarantine, you know, and honestly, butter, man, it's butter. butter. Mm. Now, if you, if you no, don't so like no cherries in yours, is it, it's, are cherries? Yeah, if you, have like a, if you have a good expense, if you have a good expensive cherry, you use that. Like a maritino or something? Cherries, the ones that, you know, have like the red juice or whatever. Right. Like so I, don't, I, I unfortunately don't have any because my, my girlfriend's a nurse and I don't want to like get her infected by going out to get the good cherry. Sure, but, sure. I would, but if I was going to, I would put a, an orange and then I'd throw one of those good cherries in there too. Yeah, that still looks very good. Yeah, but it's tasty, you know, it's good. So, so are you in love, Jeffro? Do you have a I'm married. I'll, I'll be married five years, July 1st. That's awesome. That's awesome. I am in love. Is she is she in your man cave right now? She is everywhere is her man cave. So <laughs> she gets to go wherever she wants. She calls the shots and I'm just holding on, baby. Yo, because I was cooking a pizza today and I know how my girl is. She's so like neat in particular. And I was like, um, I gotta go downstairs. I was talking to my sister on the phone. I go, hold on, I gotta ask Missy something. I go down, she's in the shower. I'm like, yo, babe, when I cook these pizzas, do I gotta put anything underneath? So if it leaks, it's gonna be okay. She's like, nah, I just cook it whenever. And then I knew, all right, I'm good. You know, that's how I got to be at my house too. So it's, you know, <laughs> she's, she's the jefe, but she's not the boss of me. That's right. <laughs> right. So, so uh, DJ, 15 years for you? Uh, 23. 23. 23. That's cool. That's cool. So, I, hey, hey Mikey, while we're talking about love, how long have you been with your girl? 15 years. Oh. 
yeah, me and Missy have been 15. That's right, you said. That's right. Yeah, but um, yeah, so and honestly, like we never got married, but we we bought a house in Redondo Beach. We've had it for about six months. And luckily, right when I got it, I work I was working like six, seven days a week at two different bar jobs because I love bartending, you know. And um, but it's been it's been kind of crazy because we're not going back to work until uh, the 15th, they said, the minimum in California. And we've shut down from uh, St. Patrick's Day before St. Patrick's Day. So I, like we, they took our, our nets down on our volleyball courts. They took basketball rims off the basketball. They don't allow you to surf, go to the beach. Um, it, it, is a, it's, it is a lockdown here as you could get. Wow. They took yeah. the rims off the goals? They took the rims off the goals. They don't allow you to play tennis or if you play pickleball or, you know, whatever. Yeah. There is no, and yeah, it is like one of these crazy times where, and I'm just going with the flow. Like I'm exercising in my house. And, you know, I'm, I'm making crazy drink videos. Well, let, let's, let's talk about that for a second, Mikey. Um, you, that's where uh, I, we kind of, met up on was the videos they're they're great they make me laugh every time i watch them you're what i love about them is and we talk about this a lot on the show because it's hard to talk about anything anymore without mixing in something with the pandemic or something with quarantine or something you know it's hard to talk about anything um i like how you always say that this is during the quarantine. So if you don't have this, you have this. If you have this, you don't have this. You know, and you're always saying, hey, we're, we're stuck inside. This is what we got. Now, on that note, though, you get some alcohol delivered to you. Is that correct? Yeah, you know, through, through the course of my years, um, I make, you know, you make friends in the industry. For us, we have like um, Southern Young's Market and there's a lot of other distributors. And then you become friends with people. And I guess, you know, my buddy, Mike, um, he was a, was a rep of, um, I believe back in the day it was Malibu. And we used to make these, just to like try to get people to buy Malibu. We'd mix Malibu and a shot of um, Tabasco or a couple shots of Tabasco. Yeah, I mean, you know, just try to sell them. And I, I you know, I made a good relationship. And, and next thing you know, Mike's like, yo, I have this stuff called Pal um, Vodka right here, which I got right in front of me. It's vodka made from Maui. It doesn't taste like pineapples, but it's made from pineapples. Oh, but really? it tastes, you know, it's, a, it's a crisp, smooth vodka like anything else. You know, I'm going to use it for my, uh, my Moscow mule. But then, you know, he, he came over and he brought like a whole bunch of swag. And, you know, he's awesome, man. You know, and that's just, you know, kind of the way it is. You know, you make friends in your industry. You know, I'm sure that, you know, you go to Baylor games and, you know, you, Everybody wants to meet you, and it's like, you know, that's how kind of how it is, you know? They all hate me, bro. No. They hate you? Yeah, I was a loser. It's not true. <laughs> so, so, let me ask you something. Do the, do the people out there eat up your East Coast accent and stuff, your persona? To, t- to tell you the truth, like, um, yeah, I mean, the people I love there, it. I love okay. it, man. I love so, it. So when I first moved to the South Bay, I had no idea what it was. I came out here, um, be- I became an actor. Like for three years, I just was bartending. I met the girl who I'm still with, Missy Love, love of my life, you know? She's awesome, brings me to fucking earth, you know? <laughs> and 
so I, I tried out for this show called I Want to Be a Soap Star. It was a reality show. And I won the reality show. So basically the winning prize was a contract with One Life to Live. So then we moved to, what, to New York City, 66 in Columbus. And I was on that show for a year. But the town I lived in, I couldn't tell anybody that I won. Because what? it was like, because it's like that. So oh, yeah. One of those shows. So like, like all the people that I was like, I'm, I'm going to be an actor. I'm going to do this. And they were like, yeah, whatever. I couldn't even tell them that I was on the show and I wanted I just basically had to be like, yeah, man, I'm moving to New York. And, you know, I miss you guys. You know, see you later. So when I came back, I didn't move to that town of Dana Point. I moved to Hermosa. And it's a town where, like, everybody is, like, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70. Everybody's in great shape. Everybody plays volleyball. Everybody exercises. Like, everybody drinks. You know, like, so, you know, there have been people that have come to my bar where their son was four years old in my restaurant, Hennessy's Tavern, in, you know, Irish Tavern, right on the water. And now the kid is like, I'm watching him play like basketball. He's a, you know. That's crazy. Basketball. Yeah. That's a, that's a dope hat you have on, by the way. It's fire. Oh, you like it? All, All right. right. Hold, hold on, Mikey. Mike, Jeff, hold on. What did I you just say? Terms, bro. No, you can't. Why? I'm too old? Yeah. Both of us are. This nice fire, fire though. <laughs> Isn't it, Mikey? What are you doing? You guys been friends for? A while. <laughs> See? Look at DJ. him. He's like, uh, too long. DJ's holding back right now. A while. Uh, we know things about each other. So I have a 16-year-old son, and, and, and this terminology is fire. That's raw. Uh, that's wet. That's lit. That's the way it goes. <laughs> I know, man. Like that's all. I don't know those terminologies. <laughs> so let's get into the Moscow Mule and see. Um, all right, let's go. This is also all a right. favorite drink of mine. Yeah, right. I love ginger beer. So I, I, I brought two different ginger beers here. Hold on, let me just finish up the last thing. Oh, it's so tasty, man. <laughs> all, right. all right so this this drink right here um i did some research on it okay the moscow mule just was actually a newer drink it was uh, created in two, 2007 hmm. this guy named john martin he purchased smirnoff distillers and when he did he had all this like extra surplus of vodka and he was like yo what am i gonna do with this vodka man i i don't know if i could push this kind of volume out so his buddy Jack Morgan, who also was like kind of like, you know, in, in the industry and owned like this and that, um, he had a couple bars and his bartender, Wes Price, was like, hey, man, you have all this ginger beer that you're trying to put out. And John's got all this vodka. Let's make this drink. We'll put it in a, in a glass. We'll make it sound like it's like all fancy and pretty much to get rid of all their dead stock. So the truth of the matter is this drink wasn't like, you know, this huge thing. It was just like, and as soon as they made this drink, it caught fire. And every and the reason that, you know, the name is simple. It's like uh, Moscow, because it's Russian, all vodka is Russian. And then mule is it, the, the, the uh, ginger beer has a kick, kind of kicks in the fight, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that's how that drink came about. And you can make them, you can make them with Irish whiskey 
you know, and you could call it like a, like a, there's many different names. Like you could Irish change it It's an Irish mule, right? Yeah, Irish mule. Dublin, we call it a Dublin donkey, but same thing. <laughs> I like yeah. Dublin donkey. Yeah. Dublin donkey. I, I have this boss, Shane, that he's moved up the, he's almost like, he's like the third in command at, at my job, like corporate level. But I used to work with him. He was my manager. He'd be like, Mikey, I want to get the fuck out of here. Two o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> he was from Northern Ireland. But uh, all right, so I'm going to take you through this drink. It's pretty simple. All right. So I got, I squeezed lime juice fresh. So that's what that is right there. It's a half an ounce right there. Boom. Okay, and I got Pal Maui Vodka, all right? Go get your bottle, it's smooth, it's nice, it tastes good. So I'm gonna put, I'm a two shot guy, so I go two shots, boom, two shots, boom. All right, and then I have two different kinds of ginger beer. Fever Tree is really good, it's a little more relaxed with the spice. And then I have Bundaberg, a little more strong and a little more sugary. I'm just going to use this for today. Bunderberg's the better of the two, I think. You know, it's like, yeah, it's whatever people like. Like my my beautiful girl downstairs, she goes with the fever tree, and then she throws soda water on top. So, you know, everybody has their different tastes. And, like, as a bartender, like, someone comes to your bar, you know what they like. You know, they like it, like, a little too sweet, not too sweet. And then, you, you know, it's like a learning curve. And then, boom, you know, you got... Just throw another one of these suckers in there and then you throw it boom. Right here, a homemade Moscow mule. I do love those copper cups. I got I got these as a gift too from my buddy Mike too. Boom. Sweet. But I got a, yeah, so that's right there is a uh, a pal. A pal mule. <laughs> hey, you know what? That's a moss pal move, mule. Dude, a moss moss pal pal move. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. So that those are those are two great drinks. Like I feel like the Moscow Mule is really good. Like you know when you're you want a nice refreshing drink, you get home. It's got citrus. You know it, it has vodka. You know and it has a little bit of sugar from the uh, Moscow Mule. Those are two. Literally, those are two of my go-to drinks. Literally. Yeah, and. Yep. You know, every place you go, everyone's going to, like, make different versions of them. So the cool thing is when you go to the bar that, that makes them the way you like it, it gives you a reason to go back to that bar, you know? Yeah. That's the way it's so you, so you've said you're at uh, Hennessy's, is that right? Yeah, I've been, I've been working at Hennessy's Tavern for 14 years. And, and where is that at? Is it close to where you're at, or where is it at? So I got two scooters that I drive to work. I got a I got a Honda Ruckus and I got a a, a Vespa. So if I'm late, I take the Vespa. If I you know if I'm chilling, I take the Ruckus. And there in the beat down, I hop off the main roads and I kind of just like chill on the side roads. So I usually work six days a week. I'm working a couple of doubles in between them. I also work at a bar called Shellback, which is one town over, but pretty much like 15 minutes from LAX airport, there are three beaches. There is Manhattan, Hermosa, and Redondo. Hermosa is the most party. Manhattan is more bougie, but it's beautiful. Like, it's still awesome that you could party there. And then Redondo is more laid back and chill. But, 
you know, you wear flip flops more, you know, in yeah. Manhattan, we dress a little, you know, nicer than we go, you know, but everyone still is a beach person and everybody lives on the beach and you, you ride your bikes up and down the strand. It's only 10 minutes between each pier and it's a really awesome place to live. Like you almost don't want to tell people about it because you don't want like, it just keeps getting like more and more like populated. But so how far are you from downtown LA? I'm only 15 miles from downtown LA, but that could take um, anywhere from like 40 minutes to. Uh, oh yeah. Hey, I, I saw a picture on Facebook the other day that said LA without smog and it was gorgeous. Like they had a picture of just no smog cause everything's shut down, right? And, uh, exactly. And, uh, and a bunch cool. of my buddies are like, honestly, like this thing has been awesome for me because I'm, I'm getting home to work in 40 minutes from Studio City, which only is like 20 miles. Yeah. And when, when, you're, uh, when you're driving home from Studio City, which is only like 18, 19 miles, it could take you an hour and a half, two hours to get home. That's why I, like when I moved out here, I did all that acting and I was like, all my jobs are like five minutes away, like 10 minutes away. And I'm like, oh. And the people are just awesome. No one asks you what you do for a living. They don't ask you how much oh, money cool. you make. Yeah, it's just like, and then everybody is super generous, you know, like people have reached out to me and given me tips like on the side because they know I'm not working and I'm, it's, it's humbling, man. It really is. Cool. Yeah. So what made you pick <clears throat> bartending over acting? To tell you the truth, I like it more. The people, um, the people make it for me. Like everybody that comes and sees me, it, it's it's a like awesome group. You know, it's just positive vibes. Everybody is vibrant, happy. There's a lot of vacationers in the summertime, but everybody there is just like you know, is a positive, happy soul. You know, and and when you get at a bar that is that kind of environment, it's 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 exciting. You know, but you know, in a way. Uh, bartending, you're you're kind of putting on a show, if you will, in, in a way, and you're you're doing your thing and you're interacting with people. I mean, it's not too far fetched from acting. So, um, especially if you're more uppity uppity place, I would suspect you know. Do you do some cocktail stuff, some Tom Cruise stuff, or what? I I have like uh, <laughs> I got like things that I do. Like I always ask when somebody comes to the bar, I always ask them like where they're from, if it's a guy. And then try to get them talking about him, you know, because honestly, like, you know, nobody wants to hear what I, you know, they, they want to talk about themselves. So I get them talking about themselves. And if it's a girl, I ask, are you in love? And if they say they're in love, yeah, I am. I go, who are you in love with? And then they're talking about who they, they love. And then they hopefully love me because they're talking about their love. <laughs> if they say they don't like love, I say, yeah, love sucks, man. Love is the way, even though <laughs> I believe in love more than anybody. So. Like that's my like routine, and and then I try to get them talking about themselves and things they love, and, you know, things they're passionate about, and then you know I have like little funny things, you know, stories and jokes and all that. But you know, I, it's all about the people to me. And and when I go to work, it's not a job. You know, it is when I'm lifting kegs at the end of the night or something. But, right. You know, for the most part, during this whole break, I've loved we you know connecting with my girl, and it's been unbelievable. But like I miss the people big time. Absolutely. I think Jeff, oh you you said the same thing. Um, that this time has really made you start kind of reevaluating life and it, it really has. I mean, not to get too introspective and you know, but um uh, there there are just some things that, you know, it's 
you look within and, and um, I'm a big giver. I'm a heart first guy. Um, and sometimes I can get you in trouble, but like I was saying before, um, um, I've gotten so close to my neighbors and people that, that you just, you pass, we pass by so many people and, 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 you know, we're, we're so used to ourselves and our, our routine and all that, that we don't stop and look and, and, and we're not empathizing and being compassionate. And I think for the most part, we're forced to be, Hey, it's not just about me. It's like, am I going to go out and get someone else sick? You know, is it, is it, what if it's my buddy's parents? Like, you know, so, um, yeah, definitely. This has been a time, for, uh, introspective, get your, get your shit together, you know, kind of gather your own troops inside and get going and do the right shit and, uh, reach out like local and, um, go see your local bartender, like Mikey Jerome. <laughs> Someone actually I put in the know. comments that you were the best bartender in South Bay. You know what? I, I think I'm the 11th best bartender. You know, there's a lot of talent out there, so I, I can't take that credit. But I can tell you this, like my friends are my heart. And at, at, no matter where you work, it's, it's more of a bond between people because everybody is going to serve a good beer. Everybody's going to serve a good drink. But you want to make people feel like it's a home and they're a part of that experience, you know? So that's like what it's about to me. Like, you know, I'm lucky to have a job where I do that, you know, and how cool is it? Like right now you guys are doing this. Imagine you did this like full time for a living. Oh, oh, I don't, I don't know that that would work out. Well, I think we would crash and burn almost immediately. You you guys would love each other so much. (laughs) (laughs) I love your love thing. Like you always are you in love. Okay. You have a detour. You have a map, whatever they answer. I'm going to go this way, or I'm going to go that way. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I was I, I watched your uh, you guys uh, your podcast with the uh, UFC guy. Oh, the wrestler. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. That was you know, good, I man. met him at my local hangout, like right down the road, like like he's like uh, he's a cook there, and he bartends, he does all that, and that's how I got to know him. And he he does yeah. his face on the wrestling dream. And, that, and that's the that's the crazy thing. Like everybody's got a dream, but you gotta you gotta pay your bills in like the meantime. So everybody, like for me, it was you know I was bartending, and then I'm going you know going to acting auditions, and I had some success, and then I got dropped to the bottom again, and then I was like, I'm making enough money to where you know I'm doing pretty well, and I was like, I want to enjoy life, so I was like, I'm not playing golf. I had like a pulmonary embolism in my lungs. I think about damn. Yeah, about seven years ago. They don't know why it happened or whatever. And I was in the hospital. I didn't almost die, but I could have died. And I was like, man, you know what? I want to enjoy life. Like, I'm I'm famous in my own town. Why do I got to be famous in, the, like, the world? And right. so I was like, I started playing golf. I started playing volleyball. And I really started enjoying life. And maybe, like, time is, like, the gold in the world. You know, how much time? Oh, yeah. I, I think time is your your biggest currency, how you give it, how you unselfishly give, how you spend it. Time is the most valuable asset we got to give. There's no doubt. Exactly. Exactly. I think, I think Jeff and I would settle being famous with like, I don't know, three people. (laughs) (laughs) I I would, here's the thing. I would like to be recognized one time. That's it. That's all I need is one time. Is people go, 
And they can even say, hey, you're that guy that does that thing. Not even know what I do. I'm good. As long as they recognize me. One time. That's all I'm asking. Okay, now, would you get annoyed if, it, like, you're out with the, your beautiful wife and, like, somebody comes up to you, hey, what's going on, DJ? And then all of a sudden, like, about five minutes later, somebody else comes up. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I, I'm good with one person in life doing it. <laughs> Give you Just, your 15 minutes of fame? Yeah, that's what? it. So, because this show right now, you have dream blue eyes. It, it, it could, it could, it very well could. It could also crash and burn really bad. Blue eyes and that handsome beard. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Uh, so Mikey, you know, you're just so positive, man. That's what I couldn't, when you sent me that stuff, I, I couldn't help but bring you on the show. Uh, we've even talked about you coming on every week and doing new drinks and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know if you'll be able to do it when you go back to work, but man, I, I, I really like just talking to you, man. You're so positive about everything that's going on. Uh, and, and like you said, it's a lockdown where you are. So it's, it's more than your normal person would be no basketball goals, no going to the beach, no nothing. And, and I'm sure you're used to doing that on a daily basis. Um, and, and so when you can get on and give people, because tons of people watch your videos, they do. Um, and, and it's all about not, not only because I think people are drinking a lot more during this quarantine, or at least I've seen a lot more alcohol posts during this quarantine, but I, I feel like you give people a little bit of joy for that two minutes, three minutes, four minutes however long your video is you're always playing music in the background hey let's go hey <laughs> we we that was a great impersonation right there we actually are getting um comments from people if they can request drinks for the next time yeah let's do it let's do it okay let's do it next friday Come on. okay so let's just talk about you for a minute mikey whatever you want to talk about right now we always bring them on. They make their, you know, they, they talk about whatever we want to talk about. We just want to know what you want to talk about, but we do have three questions for you. All right. Shoot. We ask everybody you're on a desert Island. Okay. One liquor for the rest of your life. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to go with Balvini. It's a scotch. Really? It doesn't really, it doesn't really matter. Like if it's the 18 year, the, you know, any Balvini would do. I, I just love it. It's smooth. I'll drink it neat and a little sniff there. That's all I need. I, I enjoy like a lot of other spirits and everything. And I, I like gin a lot too. But really? Balvini, you know, Balvini, we've talked about that. We brought a, uh, a distiller, a local distiller on the show. What? Two weeks ago, Jeffro. Yeah. And um, we were talking about that. People aren't really into gin. You don't find a lot of people that are like, oh, I love gin. And it's just, it's one of those spirits that a lot of people don't talk about. Um, you know, that, that, I, I, I can, I can hear, I feel like it's, it's regional. Kind okay. Of it's almost like, okay, right now, you know, my hair is growing out. It's, it's kind of like, you know, getting to a level where if I wanted to, I could seriously grow this thing out to a mullet within like <laughs> um, another month. Right. Now, mullets are not in where I live. But if somehow I could somehow 
carried around with the confidence where it looked semi-decent, somebody else might get that mullet. And if you creates- rock a mullet, I'll rock a mullet. <laughs> Dude, my girl would kill me. <laughs> but I'm seriously thinking about growing the mullet. And just because like, tr- like, okay, so gin, everybody always told me gin sucks. Oh, gin's gross. Gin tastes like Oh, this. I like gin. I do. The juniper yeah. in it is great. I'm not a big yeah. gin guy. Not. Yeah, so here's the thing, like there's there's ones like no no lets is a super it's an expensive gin, but it tastes like flowers. It really like flowers are just hitting you. And then if you taste other ones, they're a little bit less than that. And so when I go with my buddies golfing and they go, Mike, you buying shots, I'm buying gin all day long. Really? Because you get to drink them all? I know they're not gonna like it. Oh yeah. So let me ask you, um, I've been to Denver twice and there's a bar there and I I cannot think of the name of it right now, but they make a elderflower greyhound and they take uh, elderflower and they they, uh, infuse it into the vodka and they make it and it's the best drink that I've ever had, but I can't seem to recreate it. I've got the recipe, they gave me the recipe. I've bought three different kinds of elderflower. I've bought different kinds of vodka. I've, and I just can't seem, is there something I'm missing not being a bartender? Is it just because it's, I don't know. Is it? To, to tell you the truth, it's going to be, it's going to be challenging. The, uh, Fever Tree does sell like an elderflower tonic. Okay. That would be a tonic water. So I, I don't know if that would, that would match up good. Cause when I drink like, um, when I was drinking gin and tonics, I'm drinking uh, gin and elderflower tonic. Okay. And by the yeah, way, you don't need flower. And you can and you could get that with Fever Tree. They sell they sell Indian tonics, Fever Tree tonics. Um, they sell um, elderflower. So there's many different kinds. Like, but when you're making your own drink, that's the toughest part. Like you don't know their recipe. Well, so, I I actually got their recipe. I've lost it since then. But, but I actually did get the recipe and even with the recipe, I couldn't recreate it. I don't, I don't know what it is. I don't know if I'm a heavy pour or. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, you know, let's say uh, my buddy, chef Dave, he's a five-star, you know, Michelin star winner. If he he said, Mikey, here's the ingredients, make this meal. I probably wouldn't be able to make the meal. You know, even though I got all the ingredients because there's certain things he's doing. He's, he's throwing things on top of things while things are on fire. You know, so maybe there are things that you just, you know, a little thing here or there that you just miss it. Yeah. But, um, but shit, give me the, give me the recipe, man. And I'll, I'll work on it. For yeah. It. Yeah. Hey, you know what? Put that on the list for next week or whenever we do this. Okay. Make, try to recreate that yeah. drink. I don't know how you're going to taste it. But we'll- Dude, are you guys getting, tor- you guys getting tornadas out there or what? Uh, we don't get a lot of them out here. Uh, more in Oklahoma. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I, I got an idea. <laughs> I got an idea, Mikey. Next week, or when you come on again, if we're gonna do this drink, the gin, I say we all get the same ingredients. You coach us through it, making it on air, and we'll all taste it together. All right, let's do it. Okay. What kind of gin are we using? <laughs> You're nervous about the gin, aren't you? No, I like gin. I love Bombay Sapphire. Now, that's probably a garbage watch. He's going to say that's a garbage spirit, but. 
I'm not gonna. No, I, I actually have it in my possession right over there. Okay. I, I like. Uh, yeah, there's ones that are more cucumber tasting. There's one, you know. You guys want to do a? Well, I'll make something with sapphire. Sure. Okay. And I'll, I'll let you guys know the ingredients so you can uh, you can either tell me you got it or we can improvise or whatever. So let's uh, talk about your acting career a little bit, if if you don't mind. That, I'll, I'll talk about it. I, really I want to hear about, about the soap opera stuff. That, exactly. I want to hear about my stories. So I, I came to that show, One Life to Live, with very little acting experience. I just want a reality show. And that gave me um, the contract, you know, for... And, and they initially, I was like, am I going to be a guy that hooks up with people, da, da, da. And my main character was just a bad guy who kind of like messed around in everybody's life and just made trouble. So every time I'd come home from, you know, like I'd take the subway down, you know, I'd go to the show, I'd shoot the scene. And then I'd come home and I'd be like, Missy, Ted's not dead. Cause my name was Ted. <laughs> and, and then I would get these sides and it was like, my girlfriend is so smart and she can remember things like she could read it once and remember it. I got to sit there for like three hours for, five pages and you know so that's that was the challenging part for me but i'd come and i I'd do it and um when i first came there there was you know half the people wrap their arms around you i'm sure i, I like I, as a as a baylor athlete you know how like this clicks and, and this and that and i was just like a, a positive happy kid but a lot of these actors probably were like this guy just did a reality show and now he's on a show you know right so I, I, I really valued the people that were really great to me on the show because I was just an eager kid. Like, I love you. Like, you're great. You know, I, and um, it was a great experience, you know. And, and the one story I have for you guys is after I got fired, he, the executive producer calls me up. He's like, hey, this is Frank Valentini, Mikey. I just want to let you know I'm so sorry, you know. And, and I cried, man. I was just like, I'm in New York City, a one-bedroom apartment for $2,000 a month. And this is like 13 years ago. And he's like, I'm, we're going to have to fire you. And I'm like, could I just meet with you in your office? And so I, I take the subway down and meet him in the office. And he's like, Mikey, what's up, man? I go, I just want to thank you for everything. And um, I go, did you ever see the, the color of money? He's like, nah, I never did. I was like, well, on that show, Tom Cruise is nobody in the middle of nowhere, and he meets this guy named Paul Newman, and this guy teaches him how to play some pool. And next thing you know, these guys are winning money, and they're killing it, and da da da. And all of a sudden, Paul Newman disappears, and Tom Cruise is like, what the fuck, man? How could you leave me? And the last scene of the show is Tom Cruise at the biggest tournament, pool tournament in the world, and he's ranked like number one or two. And Paul Newman shows up, and Tom Cruise is pissed. He's like, yo, man, how could you leave me? And Paul Newman's like, hey, you were a nobody in the middle of nowhere, and now you're in Atlantic City. And I was like, Frank Valentini, boom, I'm in New York City, and I'll see you in Hollywood, baby. Boom! And that was the last thing I said to him. I think he's I the like executive that. producer. Yeah, I think he's the executive producer of... Uh, general hospital right now but i never got on that show i, I didn't even try for it actually how uh did they kill you off yeah they killed how'd they do it i gotta know how they did it yeah so 
you know, every episode, it was like, I, I, I'd, I'd steal something from this guy. So there'd be a boxing match. I would poison gloves. You know, people, you know, yeah. yeah. Soap operas are like, I slept with your sister and your grandmother that one time, but I love you. You know, it's, it's like, that's how they do it. So like, I, I would do this, I'd do that, I'd do that. And then next thing you know, it, I, I ended up, there was a pyro. And one of the main actors wanted a whole shit ton of money, which he got. And they killed off all like the, the bottom meat, which was me. But it was it was awesome, man. And the people, the friends that I made on there were awesome. You know, my buddy Tobias Trevelyan, he's on Empire. He's killing it. And then this, there's a lot of other people that are really good to me on that show. So, you know, just you just take always the good situations from like what you did. So one of my Baylor roommates grew uh for a while, he always watched Days of Our Lives. And I remember seeing it, uh, demon possessions and shit back then on the soap <laughs> opera. It was like, what was his name? I don't remember, but it was trippy. But he was a Days of Our Lives fan. I couldn't believe it, man. That dude got more tail than anybody ever, I've ever seen. But he wants to hold on the story. He, he was a lover, dude. He was an undercover star. Actually, he moved out to um to california la and he did like under armor underwear model stuff he was on the replacements movie he went out to go do acting his name's dustin denard but uh man that dude was he was smooth he was in love well so speaking of that jeff when i was in the military you always like hearing military stories so yeah we had this guy in my barracks we had this guy in my barracks little short stocky dude from the south uh, and, and like, I don't want to say he was a menacing dude, but he was, he definitely wasn't a guy you play around with. Right. And I found out one day he lived down the hall from me. He was a huge fan of soap operas and so much so that he got soap opera digest. He read it. He at lunch every day when everyone else went to eat, he went to his room to eat so that he could watch his shows. I mean, he was like. And no one ever messed with this guy because he was he was he was a bad motherfucker. But he absolutely loved soap operas. And you're exactly right. It was it was stories about like that. I always think of like the TV show Friends when Joey played on there, and and they bring his character back by taking the brain from Susan Sarandon and put it in him. <laughs> and and that's the kind of storylines in soap operas. And that you know there must be something to it. There must be. They've been around forever. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if the. Go ahead. I started getting eliminated because it's just so much to produce the soap opera where you could have like a talk show with like one person. And then. So that's where they slowly got eliminated. But, you know, there's a huge following to it, like moms. And, um, you know, there's, there's all different demographics that actually follow. But, you know, was I. I actually was a general hospital guy that I, me and my girlfriend would watch general hospital and that's where i found out about that show they were like i want to be a soap star come on down you know and my girl was like mikey you gotta go down for this dude i i didn't fail one drug test i failed two drug tests and then when i got to the show it was just weed but back then weed was like a you know more of a big, big deal they were like mikey you you failed both drug tests but the producers loved that you're on the show I was like, 
But I, you know, I wasn't doing like I wasn't doing. I I don't do like hard drugs or anything. But I just drink. I I, I, I I do all sorts of crazy shit, man. I don't do <laughs> Shut up, Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, what else yeah. other than the soap opera have you been on? Um, ba- basically, I have. Uh, I was on a, a national commercial, which was kind of a cool thing, you know. When you're a bartender, and then it was a football commercial. Okay. So it was on the NFL, it was on the NFL Network. So that was cool. Like you know, all your buddies for like you know maybe a six month stretch, you're on there every you know a couple. So couple, can you know, we see times. clips of you from? You said, was it General Hospital? One Life to Live. One Life to Live? I mean, there are clips out there, right? There are clips out there, yeah. But, I, but I'm also like, you know, 14 years younger. So, so Mikey Jerome, uh, what was your name on the uh, soap opera? I would not tell him this. Uh, you are going to regret it. <laughs> Dude, it was, uh, it was Ted Osborne. <laughs> Ted Osborne? <laughs> That sounds like a crazy dude. And, and when I got the name, I was kind of pissed about it. I was like, fucking Ted Osborne. Why are you calling Ted Osborne? What do you want to be called? If you could have picked your name, what would it have been? Sebastian. Sebastian something. Or, uh, Sebastian's good. Hey, yeah. hey, Mikey. Hey, Mikey, why don't, you, uh, why don't you ask Jeff what his uh, wrestling name was growing up? Right, Jeff Ralph, what's your what's your wrestling name? Jeff Vaughn, kick your ass. There you go, Jeff Vaughn, kick your ass. That was his wrestling name growing up. You know the Vaughn Eric's Iron Claw and shit. Let's go, dude. I grew up with the Iron Sheik. You know. Oh, I found Ted Osborne. Damn, you had some tips, bro. Yeah. How, how you had the blonde tips? How, Damn, did you guys have young tips face. in high school or what? <laughs> oh, yeah. Here. Let me bring it up, man. Where'd you find it, Jeff? I'll bring it up. I just wrote Ted Osborne, One Life to Live. All right. Give me just a second. (laughs) Actor profile, Mikey Jerome. That's what's up. Yeah. Don't don't read Vincent Jones, deceased, helped Vincent fix Chris Vega's boxing match. That's what you said. (laughs) Closing the boxing gloves. Died in an arson fire in Vincent's... Fuck Vincent's Warehouse. Got you, bro. Yeah. I, I, I mean, that's Google. super cool, dude. That's super cool to have that experience. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Definitely. So it says you became money hungry. Ted became <laughs> money hungry. Um, halt on yeah. this game. Money hungry. Went against his boss playing it off. As an I tried, but I was too late sort of deal. Okay. Sebastian would have been better, man. Sebastian would have worked. Yeah. So pretty pretty much the, the best part about the, the whole experience was my mom passed away from cancer, but she got to see me, you know, on that show and stuff. So that was Hell yeah. super I'm sorry for your loss, man. Moms are special. I'm sorry for that. Hell yeah. So, and then my, my girlfriend, you know, like we got to live in New York City at that time. We were super, we were living, you know, going home a lot. So it was a pretty special time. Absolutely. And my mom had that stupid, she had that stupid little magazine, you know, she, like there was a couple episodes, you know, where they did a story on me. So that, that was a special time. Like, for like, I want to be a soap star. How many people? Hey, Jeff, did you plug your mic back in? 
Yeah, I did. Unplug it. <laughs> Not better. That's better. So, how many people are on this this show? Want, uh, I want to be a soap star. So basically, it was there was a uh, twelve people. There was uh, six girls, six guys, and and it was like American Idol at the time. There was a line, two thousand people out the friggin' um, doors. Oh shit! And. Basically, my audition was there was a girl next to me and another girl next to me. They were like, this is your girlfriend of uh, 10 years. She's about to die. You're going to tell her how much you love her. And then after you tell her that, she's going to die. And this girl is going to say that she was her lesbian lover the whole fucking time. (laughs) So I was like, yo, baby, I love you. You want everything. Then she dies. And then she's like, I fornicated her. And I'm like, shut up. Shut up. You know? So then I walk away thinking, you know, I didn't get it or whatever. And they were like, Mikey, they liked you. So then it's like, you got to come back. I'm like, I got a job. I got, I got a bartending gig I got to go to. Like, well, ask them, you know, if you can, you have a serious shot at this. And then about, you know, a bunch of times later. Damn, that dude's freaking fire. Fire. Is that you? <laughs> Is that you? That's him, man. That's me, man. I Bro. I think I'm 30 in that picture, though. How old are you now, Mikey? Are you how old are you? 42. Cool. I'm 44. DJ's 43, so we're all there together. There you go. We're the same age category. Dude, 40s are good, man. I'm 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 living my best life, man. Me too. I really I really love it. Yeah. Like 20, during the- 20s, you're stupid. You don't have that much, any money, really. 30s, you start, but you're, you're trying to develop things. 40s, let's go. Exactly, exactly. And then you in that in the forties, you're trying to stretch because your 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 blood pressure's going up a little. You can't <laughs> eat as many steaks, but you're like, you know, I'm eating good. I can have this steak this one day, you know. But you're stretching, you know, you're work, oh, yeah. working out. But it's nice to have like you know a little financial security in the life. Sure, yeah. absolutely. But I tell you what, I feel for all my my little guys, like you know that just started bartending and you know they're living check to check and now all of a sudden it's like they just put out the thing in, in uh mayor garcetti he was like it's gonna be may 15th you know since we go back so that's another month but I, i'm gonna you know I'll, I'll be all right but i just feel so, so bad while we're talking about it dj don't you mind i mean are are we i, I haven't here I, i'm guilty i have not kept up with all the covid crap I don't watch the news. I don't watch any of that crap. I, my wife tells me stuff, but I don't want to bring that shit. I'm going to be responsible, do what I'm supposed to do, but I'll, I'm not going to watch those numbers and do that every day. Are, I mean, are we doing better, DJ? Or or, or Mike, like, are, are, are we coming out of this pandemic? Is this social distancing helping? And, Actually, and, let me give you are some. Are we going to return uh, to this shit, like, to life eventually? So, uh, 48 hours in Fort Worth, no positive. So, no positive tests in 48 hours. That's really good. So, it looks like we're flattening the curve a little bit here. Yeah, in in our in the town of Hermosa Beach, there was zero cases in the last three days. The, we, they were expecting uh, 90,000 deaths, and I think there's only been 30,000 or something like that. So, they are flattening the curve. But now it's just a matter of how long we're gonna have to stay in our houses. Right. That's what it's come down to. And there are like little 
bars near us where, you know, you can order food, you have to stand on the spot. If you want to drink mm-hmm. and that spot, you know, cause there's bar people that it's tough for, you know, like everybody, like I, I'm a, I'm a restaurant guy my whole life. So like, but it's been great to just be around my girl and like watch TV and Netflix and, you know, all these stupid shows that we're watching. Did you, uh, but, did you watch Tiger King? Hell yeah. I watched Tiger King. <laughs> I got a, I got a question for you guys okay keel o'neill is getting all this slack because he was papa john's he's one of the papa john's guys because he went on that show they were talking about like releasing him from his papa john's you know well here's the thing here's the thing well i didn't hear this yeah so he went to their i guess he went to uh be a broadcaster for an oklahoma city thunder game which was pretty close to Winnie Wood. He went, to, <laughs> okay, so he went to the Winnie Wood uh, Exotic Farm Animal Park or whatever they call it. He happened to buy two tigers while he was there. Oh, shit. Uh, he said that, uh, and, and he actually said on the broadcast that he bought two tigers while he was there. Oh, man. <laughs> That's not good. Uh, I, you know, here's the thing. I, you know, talking about th- this is once again, we go back to where we see someone did something in the past and we go back to it and we're like, well, th- I mean, if it was that big of a deal, he said it on the broadcast. They should have done something about it right then. It wasn't like he tried to hide it. He said it on a national broadcast that he did it. And so <clears throat> I don't. I don't know. That whole story is crazy. They're going to release another episode next week. Um, and then I guess all the the little uh, players have now gone out and done YouTube interviews. And um, they Man, got... I've seen David Spade shows had them. Yeah. He had every one of them on there. Uh, and you know what? I think it's done so well. Netflix are like, shit, all this footage that we cut. Let's just fucking wrap it together and we're gonna throw it out again. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I, I think that's what it is. Um there's a lot of stupid shows that I've been watching during quarantine. Now I've been going to work every day, but because uh, I'm considered essential. Um and then uh, my wife, uh like your uh girlfriend Mikey is uh, a nurse, so she's she's been going to work, but um at night we've been you know hanging out as much as we can and and we've been watching like uh love is blind on netflix oh my god dude love is blind tell me what you think is it the most awkward show you've ever seen did, did you finish it yet i feel like it, i feel like we're a bunch of girls sitting around but we're gonna oh talk about this for a minute okay, i don't know so, about this show tell me about it okay so love is blind and, and basically it's 27 to 33 year old girl guys and girls and in six days, they're going to ask each other to get married. They oh. line up with each other. They can't see each other, but they can hear each other. So they, they kind of go from one spot to another, like kind of like speed dating. And they finally get a connection. And after six days, they're like, will you marry me? And the, and the, and the girl or guy's like, yes, I'll marry you. And then they go, to the, they go to another spot where they all hang out. And the shit just fucking explodes. I'm, I think I'm only like five or six episodes in. Holy shit. But you're, it's, it's so awkward. 
So, That's the most awkward thing you ever so let me ask you, Mikey, the biggest bitch on Netflix right now, Carol Baskin <laughs> or the blonde from Love is Blind? That's a tough one. I, 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 is, is, when you're watching Love is Blind, did you not just feel so awkward in the first, like, maybe two to five episodes? Uh, in the first episode, in the first like ten minutes. No, I know, but, but because people are going into those pods and they're going, you know, I've never seen you, I don't know anything about you, but I'm in love with you. I'm like, get the fuck out of here! No, you're not. So, so basically, like my, my my girl looks at me and she's like, "We've been together fifteen years." She goes, "Mikey, is it that hard to date like out in society?" And I look at her and I go. Yeah, babe, it is. You see it. You see it. You probably see it. Like I don't. I would want to date. It's it's I'm effed like, up, babe, man. Babe, it's tough out there. Okay, it's 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 tooth and nail. All right? It's tough. Well, and I think Jeff brings up a good point. I think you probably see it more than any of us do. Um, so, yeah. So I like I, you know that's one of the things when you're a bartender, you you see like, boom, they're on one of those dates. But ever since the COVID nineteen, those dates are done. Mm -hmm. So at the end, yeah, like once once that thing started coming around, there was no like dates. People were scared they were gonna catch it, you know, this and that. So it's got to be tough for a single person that's home. Like at least we all have someone that we love that you know, whether they bicker at us or you know they still love us and we're with them and it's amazing. And are you, know, you saying your girl bickers a lot? Dude, I'm saying I bicker a lot. <laughs> Hey, dude, you just said, hey, oh, uh, on that date, they catch something. You ain't thinking about catching COVID-19 before when you were on a date. <laughs> dude, dude, on that on that one show, Love is Blind, the guy asked the girl to marry him. Which guy? The first time they're together, he tells her that, yeah, before <laughs> I was with you, I was bisexual. <laughs> what? <laughs> How would you react to that? You're on okay, show. here's a question. 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 Say you're. Say we're not. Whatever. Wait, you, a minute, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm trying to phrase this question right. Let's just say your girl. We all have our 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 better halves. That come to you and go. By the way, did you know I was a lesbian for like six years before I met you? Would that matter? I think you should tell the person actually. Yeah, I definitely don't think she should have. I don't think he should have waited because, like, Mikey's selling it short here. Like, he waited until they went to Mexico and couldn't get away from each other, and then drops that fucking bomb on her. And and yeah, and he was like, "Hey, look, uh, I dated guys and girls." And she was like, "You didn't tell me anything about that." And he's like, "Yeah, because people have hurt me in the past about it, and I don't want to talk about it, and blah blah blah." And then the fucking claws come out and they, they go at each other. Then they separate for the night. They come back the next day and, and they start, and then he calls her a bitch and yeah. it, it's, it, I mean, there's fire on the wings from then on. And that plane definitely crashes, but back. yeah, but they, yeah. So I, I not only watch that one, I watch a uh, thousand pound sisters. Um, <laughs> 
I watch it. Watching like a lot of below deck, like those. Like, oh, I can't like, watch that one, man. You know what? You gotta watch what your girl loves. You know. So for me, it's I gotta watch it. Uh, I, I don't mind it. We got people saying that they think they need to start watching this show. I'm telling you, if you think Love is Blind is a train wreck, let me recommend two different shows. One, Thousand Pound Sisters. It's unreal. These two sisters are a thousand pounds between the two of them. Okay. These aren't twins. They're not twins. They're a thousand pounds between the two of them. So one weighs 600 pounds, one weighs 400 pounds. They're going for gastric bypass surgery. And this is like their travel to get that surgery done okay <clears throat> another one that's even better than thousand pound sisters is called hot and heavy now the premise behind this show is in the relationship there's one hot person and there's one super obese person oh and it's how is that skinny dude that goes with that big girl and and that's what it mostly is and these guys are like man i'm sorry but i like them big and, and like i think some of it is made up because like they're walking down the street this guy and this girl in one of them and and they're eating like a little like a little cup of ice cream right <laughs> and some guy drives by and he's like stop eating that ice cream you fat pig and he's honking on the horn and stuff and i'm like all right that i don't know i don't know if that's real but you know, but these kind of shows are getting me through this quarantine. Hot, <laughs> heavy. And, uh, and Oz if you guys haven't seen Ozark, Ozark is. Oh, I Oz finished the season already, man. You watch, you watch Ozark, don't you, DJ? Uh, okay, so I watched the f part of the first season. Yeah, I finished it already. I'm watching okay. right now. I'm watching City on a Hill. Is it good? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Bacon is Mikey, phenomenal what do you think in it. About Ozark? So I got a question for you. Okay. okay. True, or, true or false? Okay. okay. Don't Google the answer. I'm okay. Your right. phone is Ruth from the South? I don't know what you're talking about. So is she from the South? Yes. Like, in real life? Yes. She's probably English. No, she's actually from Ohio. Oh, really? But she has she's got a trashy ass demeanor. It's it's brilliant, actually. Is it? Doesn't she brilliant. have a great accent? Oh, she's like the epitome of trash. Oh yeah, I love it. Yeah. So love it. That's what DJ's else? What else you watching? So I've been watching. I've, I've watched Tiger King. Uh, I've done Ozarks. Uh, Shit, I've been trying not to even turn on my TV until after like seven o'clock. Uh, what do you and your girl watch together? Um, we we do the Ozarks, we do um, Homeland, we do. Uh, uh, this past weekend, we did like an '80s night or '80s day or two, where we did Back to the Future, Back to the Future Two, uh, all the Indiana Jones. Um, Kind of making our way through that, but we, we watch all sorts of stuff together. We we have our so shows. I equally have been watching Homeland too. So we're like, Homeland is one of those shows you can't just you know march through it all. Like, no, like one episode at a time. Yeah, but I'm up to date with Homeland too. Like I love, I, I root against Carrie. I want her to to die. Does she not have the most overly expressive face? And like it's like, 
like everything. She's a mess. I know. It's like, do you remember the dude from my, uh, next time on TV show CSI talk? CSI Miami. CSI Miami, the redheaded guy. He overact. He was always like, that's uh, David Carradine, man. Come on. Dude, uh, Horatio. He was always like, so. What do you, I mean, he's so. He, he was overacting so much. I'm like, I can't watch that, dude. Can't do it. Yeah, here's, here's, my imperson- here's my impersonation of Carrie. <laughs> <laughs> but she's supposed to be bipolar, so, like, you know, that's how... She's a freak know. between the sheets, too, yeah. So, Mikey, is there any other uh, impressions that you do? <laughs> I can do a great Ray Liotta. Oh, let's... Oh, great. Let's see that one. All right. Karen! That was $50,000, Karen. We were going to need that money. They wouldn't have found it. They wouldn't have found it, Karen. Now we're dead. That's it right there. <laughs> nice. Nice. Anything else? Impersonation-wise, pro- probably not. I'm, I pretty much like always just do Give me stuff. your Christopher Walken one more time. Oh, this is great, man. I love this one. All right. Two mice in milk. First mouse drowns. Second mouse runs so fast, he churned butter. I love your mother. In the days I set eyes on her, 17 years old. Don't worry, son, she's mine. Dodge. Frankenstein doesn't scare me, but marsupials, crazy animals. <laughs> <laughs> Catch me if you can. That's it right there. That's it. Yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got for you fellas. So what's your favorite movie of all time? You know, I would I would say Goodfellas is up there because I I love those kind of movies. You know, The Godfather. Um Did you like the I Irishman? Loved, I loved I like the Irishman. It was you a garbage movie. Garbage no, movie. I, I'm not a millennial, I'm a generation X. So like I can like I have like a tolerance to like watch something for a little while. And no, it, it it's not great. because it was long. It was because it sucked. I don't know if it sucked. No, it sucked. If it I sucked. Think I it sucked. If I would, I would have turned it off. Like a couple, you know, like you watch shows on Netflix and you watch it for like forty minutes and you're like, I'm done. I can't. I can't watch this. I'm just not into it. But that show, I was into it the whole time. No, because it's got great actors in it. You know, but I, I hear what you're saying. It didn't, you know, do. It wasn't like it was you know, a last hurrah for those guys together, man. Uh, yeah, I, I liked it. I I can see where DJ's coming from, but I it was slow and it did. It was a long movie. You know, you know what? It, you know I still what was like, engaged. It would be like watching Baywatch with Pamela Lee. You know, you're not going to see Pamela Lee. With the Dajums, like just perfectly the way they were when she was in her twenties. <laughs> but you know what? It's still Pamela Lee. She's still beautiful. Uh, she's it's not. You should watch the new Baywatch movie. She's in it, and she is not beautiful. Really? Oh, she looks awful. Damn. I don't. I didn't mean to. I feel like no. that. I feel like that hurt you, Mikey. Dude, you gotta have a couple of cocktails before you watch that movie. Just. <laughs> So, I think, <clears throat> go ahead. I got a question for you. I got a question for you guys. Okay. So, Jeff and DJ, when you guys were growing up, who was your number one 
crush of all the girls. Like, for me, it was Kelly Kapowski. Oh, gosh. That either. So she, she was, she was my crush. I, I, I loved her like to this day, like, you know, I, I love my girl. So I would never, you know, leave my girl for anybody, but she would be, if I was single, I, I like Kelly Kapowski. Who do you guys, who was your number one growing up? Cause we're the same generation. Here. Are you saying growing up? Well, what year I'm do you, you were, teenager. I'm when you were a kid, your crush when you were a kid, like, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, Oh, that would have to be Jennifer Aniston then. Yeah. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. I was a Carmen Electra guy. <laughs> Carmen oh. Electra. Even Carmen after Electra. she dated uh, Rodman. Uh, what are you talking about? She dated Dave Navarro. That's even worse. Yeah. <laughs> Dave Navarro's on some raking, I'm sure. Yeah, that that I don't What's, know. Was it what was it Denise whoever that was with Charlie Sheen? Charlie um, Sheen. Denise. Uh, oh, Denise Richards. Yeah. Charlie Any, Sheen. Anytime, I tell you this: anytime that I ever party too much and I thought I was gonna die, I always thought like, "Hey, Charlie Sheen's alive." <laughs> hey, by the way. I, have you uh, have you had some celebrities and, and actors come into your bar or rub elbows with them? To tell you the truth, like we do get like a lot of you know different kinds of like celebrities, but uh, like Carson Daly's been to my bar. Um, there's a lot of like local sports guys, like Richard Jefferson. He has yeah. a yoga studio um, in our town. And then randomly, like Scotty Pippen has been in our spot. Like, there's been many, many. Like Robin Williams back in the day used to be in our spot. Yeah. But um, our beach town is like a kind of like a hidden thing that a lot really? of celebrities haven't really. Beach, huh? Yeah. So this weekend, we are introducing my oldest daughter to Napoleon Dynamite. Oh my God. I'm pretty proud. <laughs> Well, I tell you this, I watched the skateboarding video. Oh, you watched the bicycle day all did? Yeah, the bicycle one. Hey, don't judge me on that, man. Don't judge me. Hey, I'm about to build. Oh yeah, it's on now. I'm gonna I may break my leg, but I'm gonna have some new video highlights. Don't worry. Dude, we, we got you you know. <laughs> you got you gotta you gotta pop off that thing, man. Dude, this eleven year old's bike was like fragile, like I weigh 240 pounds. I, I, I'm going to bust these guys' rims. So I guess I'm going to have to go buy a bike this weekend, and I'm going to show what's up. All right. Liz, all right. I, I need you for the show, okay? I can do it with a broke leg. Don't worry. All right. But here's the thing. Mikey, what you don't understand is the kids come to his house at like 7, 8 o'clock at night, and they're like, his wife will answer the door, and they're like, hey, can Jeff come out and play? He plays, he plays, he plays kickball with him every day. He knocked a seven-year-old out playing kickball the other day. His his oh, excuse behind gun, it. Hey, my gun from right field. Wham! The kid had to go sit down. I, I okay. I got to tell you one story. Like I have one of my close regulars comes to my bar. You know, like he comes like you know once every two days or three days. His son is 16 years old now, but 
it was his birthday and we went out golfing. And on the seventh hole, I picked up the the uh, the hose, the the yeah. and I just I took it and I shot him in the face with it. I think he was oh. like seven years. So basically, we're golfing. It's like the sixth hole, and I shot him in the face with the water sprinkler, right in the face. And he was like, he just started crying, you know, like he was only eight years old or something like that. So then I was like, oh, Tyler, I'm so sorry. I love it. And then like, he never lets me like live that down. So then his next birthday, I got invited for his birthday party. So I went to, you know, his dad's a great friend of mine. So we go in the backyard and we're playing basketball, him, his friend and me. I'm not going to lose. So what do I do? By accident, I elbow him in the face. Bloody oh, nose, no. You know? And obviously I felt bad about it. But like, those are kind of stories. Like, so now we're talking about, I'm 43 right now and he's 16. We want to have a challenge of like me and him. I'm going to have to foul. Him. I'm going to have to like use my, my body. <laughs> you have to body him and rebound. Uh, yeah. So the younger ones, I, 11, 13, whatever, like you got to let him play a little bit. Like if you body him, whatever. So then they talk, start talking smack. Like, oh, yeah, yeah what's wrong? Okay. Okay. All right, it's it's uh, let you win's done. It's on now. So let's go. Yeah, exactly. So I, that's gonna be the next thing we're gonna have like this little battle. And I just I know my my quick. I play volleyball. I'm pretty decent, but when it comes to the basketball, I just don't know if I'm gonna be able to keep up with him. So I'm gonna have to give him the jumper, pray yeah. he misses it, and then just pound him down low and just <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Dash. Go. Dash. Kobe. I tell you what, man. I when I when I was uh, when I found out about those news, I was working at the bar, and it was it was a pretty like, you know, everybody is yeah. a Kobe fan where I live, so it was um, pretty crazy. But um, yeah, everybody out here is a Kobe fan, and uh, it was sad, man. It was super sad. Yeah. You guys, Dallas Maverick fans? There you go, man. You guys got you guys got the point card, uh, the young point card, man. Luca, 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 and then Porzingis. If Porzingis would turn on, uh, we have a good. You know what? Actually, Porzingis is Porzingis is going to be soft like um, Gasol was, but it doesn't matter if they work together and they they play. They need one more piece, and if you guys have that with a decent bench, I think you could. You know, I freaking uh, love. Them. I, I think. I mean, do you think they're gonna? Do you think the NBA is going to pick up at some time or, or do y'all think it's over? I think it's over because like California is such a liberal state, like where they're, they're shutting things down. Like, and to tell you the truth, if something happened to your mom or your dad or my mom, and you know, like everyone's like, Oh, it's not a big deal until it hits your family, you know, and oh, then yeah. you until you can't go to the hospital, you know, like you're right. If something happened to my girl and I couldn't go visit her in the hospital, that would crush me inside. So that's Absolutely. the whole reason. So that's the only thing I could see. But like, once we get like cures to the, you know, or you could get tested to see if you had it already. I think I had it already, like in November. I've heard my brother. My brother's convinced he had it already back in December. Yeah, he was sick for like two months, but yeah. Yeah, because I had this congestion for like a month. 
and I had sweats for two days. I, I had to get out of work for three days. It was in February, but then I was around it so much. How could I not have caught it? Yeah. You know? And then I was in quarantine for three weeks and I, I, I didn't get it. You know, I was like, yeah. how did I not get it? So. Yeah. Cause he wasn't getting better. And they were like, Oh, it's not the flu. And he just, it took a while and he, yeah, he's convinced that's what it was, but I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so DJ, what sports did you play in, in high school? I didn't. Didn't. Did, did you play the guitar? No, uh, I went to a very small uh, school. There was 67 in my graduating class. Hey, dude, DJ's from Oklahoma. Yeah. He's like Tiger King related. Yeah. Okay, so, so, who's, your, so who's your football team? Uh, I went to Oklahoma State. Okay. Yeah, I graduated from Oklahoma State, so. What about you, man? Did you play anything? I, I played basketball, but it was for a D3 college, and, like, not in California. Like, in New York, state schools are, like, D3. But my, my team is Ohio State. You guys oh, is it really? Oh. oh, no. Yeah, you hate but, it. Hold on, hold hey, on but, hey, we have hold, uh, hold, on, hold, on. hold on a second. Oh, no, oh, Jeff Hahn's going to eat this. Oh, stuff. my God. Golly. Now we're going to have to deal with that guy. Golly. Oh, look at that. Oh, no. Dude, these are where I keep all my cookies. Uh, oh, right shit. You're yeah. a front runner. Front runner? I've been, I've been a fan ever since my girl. The 15 years. Is that a front runner? But I keep all my cookies. Like, you know, my fresh products right there. Boom. <laughs> Ohio State Buckeyes, man. I, uh, by the way, Justin Fields is an awesome quarterback. I know. Like, you, you know what? He he has like those eyes that kind oh, of look. They're like already that. starting to talk. Hold on, Mikey. They're already starting to talk. Mikey, we got some Ohio State people in Ohio that come on our podcast a lot. So, well, you know what? I want to tell them I love you. Okay? No, don't <laughs> tell them that. Don't yeah. tell them that. Okay, I've been to Ohio a bunch of times, and I'm I consider myself oh, part of Ohio. We lost you, Mikey. Oh. There we go. Right. Yeah, you're yeah. back on. So, to, to, to all the Ohio people out there, I love you. Okay, I've been I've been to Columbus watching Michigan. That's where Harbaugh. they're from. They live in Columbus. Yeah. So, like, the, my girl's from like this little rural town right outside of uh, Akron. So Youngstown. Uh, yeah, right by Youngstown, actually. Yeah. Dunkstown, so, hey, that Bob Stoops, the Stoops brothers came from there. Yeah, look, we uh, don't care about them either on this show. Yeah, I'm like the rain man of college football, dude. So, so, so it's either Oklahoma State or die. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it, well, when you're from Oklahoma State, you, when you're from the state of Oklahoma, you either like Oklahoma State or you like, like Oklahoma. Oklahoma. And, exactly. and there's no, like, my brother and I, uh, when they played against each other, this was probably, I don't know, seven years ago, uh, Oklahoma State beat OU, and my brother stopped talking to me for a while. He was texting me during the whole game, and as soon as they lost, he said, I don't want to talk anymore. And <laughs> So here's the thing. The next time your brother says that, you got to be like, hey, bro, I want to tell you, you're being super unlikable right now. 
super unlikely, right? No, I don't think he would. Tell someone, yeah, if you tell your friend or your brother that they're being super unlikable, it's not like disrespectful. It's like it hurts because no one wants to be unlikable. Mm. That's a that's a good point. Good yeah. word. Unlikable. You're unlikable, man. Yeah, that yeah. would hurt. Yeah. DJ, you got to try that with your brother. Okay, I'm I'm gonna try it. I haven't talked to him in years, but since that football game, but are you serious? No, I'm just joking. Oh, I was like, Oh my God. Cause some people are serious. Yeah. About thanks sports. for ripping that bandaid off. <laughs> hey, your brother loves you, man. How could he not love you? Absolutely. You're so super likable. You're super likable. Oh uh, yeah. I've heard that not very many times, but, um, so let's, uh, let's kind of move around. Um, we're at the, uh, two hour and 41 minute mark. So, yeah, so guys, I, I gotta, I gotta trim down. My phone has got like 2% battery left. So yeah. Yeah. So, Hey, Mikey, everything you want to promote, it's the floor is yours right now. All right. Well, everybody that tuned in, that was my friend. I really appreciate it. You guys, DJ, Jeffro, um, Derek, I loved watching your feed, your passion, it's always great to see somebody who like, you know, who cares about like, you know, crafting beer and that's his life. And he's in the community. Like I guarantee that if you lived in my town, me and him would be like really good friends. So uh, you can check me out on uh, Mikey, Mikey Jerome, the bartender is my Instagram feed. I'm Mikey Jerome on Facebook. I make all these kind of videos. They're pretty funny. They're great. My, my girlfriend thinks they're not funny at all. Like she thinks they're 0% funny. And um, that's what, how she feels like for real. She's like, Mikey, what are you doing? I'm like, babe, I, I'm getting like 500,000 hits. She's like, you're not funny. So I'm trying to like convince her like I'm semi-funny. It's because you're like you guys, a good looking dude. You're a ladies man. She doesn't want to have that, you know, all wow. the ladies tune in. Yeah. But, but it's like, you know, the time when, you know, you're with one of you, your loves and you make her laugh and you're like, you just laugh right there. <laughs> oh, my wife thinks I'm a freaking flaming idiot. So, yeah. <laughs> That's love. That's love. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you can check me out on all that and, um, you know. So we can count on you to be here I next week, Mikey? It. Yeah, let's do it, man. Okay. Nice. So we're going to do a Greyhound and anybody that's watching or anybody that sees this afterwards or listen to the podcast, let us know what uh, you want Mikey to make and he will make it next week. Well, we got to make a gin drink for you guys. Yeah. I'm gonna, okay. All I'm right. Gonna make the nasty, I'm going to make the nastiest drink to make sure that my boy DJ like sucks it down and tastes it down. All right. Some sort of Greyhound, whatever it is. I don't think that's a gin drink. What did you call I tell you what, I, I, I could put grapefruit in a, a gin drink if you guys want. No. <laughs> no. All right, Jeff, what do you got? Jeff, you guys let me know. What do you got to promote, Jeff? I'm promoting Dads at Drink Podcasts. I'm promoting DJ, and I'm promoting positive attitudes, a positive outlook, and I'm promoting love and uh, community. And, and all that great stuff and family. That's the most important. Cheers. Cheers to that, brother. Guys, it's Friday night. We've tried to entertain you. We've had a couple hiccups tonight, technical. I'll be working on them through the week to see if I can get them fixed. Mikey, thank you so much for joining us, man. You are a great guy. Join us. 
Uh, to my co-host Jeff, I couldn't do this show without you, brother. Man, you're you're the absolute best. Everybody, this has been Dads That Drink. Stay safe out there. Stay clean. Wash your hands. I'm DJ. That's Jeff. That's Mikey. We'll catch you on the next one. See you guys later. All right, and we're out of here. It was like, you have zero battery left.